Peter is currently untying the fabric top of one of the most beautiful bottles I've ever seen. I'm so excited about this. Let's let's just do whatever your favorites are. This is the closest I'll get to ASMR until later today when he cooks dumplings live. <laughs> yeah, We're just going to rip shots of balsamic. Wait till you put it in your mouth. It is not balsamic. Just looking at that. I, I know that's going to taste good to me just looking at it. Yeah, there's no way it doesn't. You want me just to line them up right now? First uh, one or? Yeah. I mean, may as well. You guys want to do it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this, uh, this takes me back. I think the only other time we've had anybody check us like this was... Uh, when we when we did that show, the live show at Meteor, when Rob and Elliot just pulled bottles that they wanted to pour, and that was just like wild shit. This is this is gorgeous. Uh, oh man. The cheapest bottle literally has fabric tied with a beautiful silk ribbon and a cork. In the shape. Lasso. Oh, it's so pretty. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, they got us with like the little silk cover and shit. Charles, I don't want to wait anymore. Can we get into this? I just want to get through the intro so that we can we can start this off. I don't know if I've ever been so excited for like what's ahead of us. So we can have some num nums. So we can have some num nums. Mm. Alright. Ooh, taking a whiff. Oh, that smells good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. fuck. These are these are libations for us, and this is libations for everyone. I think this is our podcast, right? I, yeah, I'm a little mesmerized. Who, who, who are you? I am Charles Wad, co-host Ooh, of the program. That's beautiful. Who the fuck are you? Oh, I think that makes me Ben Kwan. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Seems to be. Oh, man. I'm staring down. We, I shouldn't say I, we are staring down some of the most beautiful bottles I've ever seen. And then right behind them is a beautiful induction burner with a pan and the most delicious magic that I have been lusting on Instagram <laughs> over is about to come into our... Well, that's weird. Hold if I on. say come into my mouth, yeah. You made everything so, hey, you made everything so we gotta, weird. We got to so we got to we got to back Coming sorry. In hot. Oh, I hit the gas when I should have hit the brakes. I'm sorry about that. Uh but uh well, I mean, I guess we can just talk about what we're sipping because we got some Coors banquets cuz that's the kind of class that I came with yes, today. Yes. We needed some lager for oh. this scenario. Also, I'm very worried. Uh Charles, you had a great idea uh to bring some Jingdao. Wait, Dao. you're worried I had a great idea? Well, no, I'm worried because I went to four <laughs> different liquor stores and yeah. it is sold out everywhere. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out who has who who has the back stockpile of the Qingdao from everywhere from downtown through northeast to Robbinsdale. There's just an empty row all the way back. No idea. I don't think I've ever bought it in a store. I think I've only ever bought it at a restaurant. I think I've consumed it at a house before, but I don't know that really? I've ever been the one that bought it. I, I bought the, the giant tanker cans of Sapporo. For sure. I uh, have and purchased I've, that. But I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I've ever actually... That's why I can't think of where I'd find it. it but yet it was everywhere with the label on the rail just and then just there. empty all the way back. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Someone, someone went through the whole town and bought it all. And, uh, <laughs> it's a wedding, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> to, to, I'm, I'm sure, 
friend of the podcast, uh, mid-60s Linda. Uh, thank you for feeling so sorry. Uh, I did have two six-packs on reserve, and she did sell them to somebody else named Ben. Uh, so whoever other Ben is, also, please hit me up. I would love to just bring you on the podcast to talk about you jacking my beer. I love it. So to our, to our thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of fans here yeah. in this community, looking forward to figuring out who jacked my beer. You're on the edge of saying some real weird shit on pretty much every sentence. Jacking, yeah, coming. Listen, <laughs> I was I was going for a Hugh Jackman pun there, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> before I say something else insane, yeah. I feel like we should probably introduce our incredible guest, yes. who brought more things in one trip than most of our guests combined. No offense to them, he's coming in with the heat, though. Uh, would you introduce yourself to everyone and uh, talk about what is going on on them internets? Uh, yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name's Peter Bean, and uh, I am your friendly neighborhood dumpling dealer. <laughs> um, me and my wife started a little company out of the pandemic two months ago. It's called Saturday Dumpling Club. We've been uh, making frozen dumplings based on my mom's recipe. And um, it's been kind of successful. We've been selling out every week. We do a drop on Instagram every Wednesday, and then we do pickups Saturdays. Now, normally we would wait till the end of the show to plug your stuff, but I feel like this might deserve a double plug, if that's all right. So can you explain the process before we start the show, and then we'll do it again at the end for our guests? Yeah. Um, You can find us on Instagram at Saturday Dumpling Club uh, or online at our website www.saturdaydumplingclub.com We open up inventory for sale every Wednesday at 10am variety of fillings, a rotating cast of flavors and uh, you know we sell until we sell out Um, and then they're all frozen and we pick a spot every Saturday to do the drop 11 to 2pm we're operating out of the Bullshorn in South Minneapolis. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so we're doing the drop this week there. But we're trying to partner up with a couple of uh, breweries and coffee shops around town just to uh, kind of spread the love. Mix up the pickups. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, bring some business to some other businesses. For oh, sure. Yeah. And the dumplings, I can attest, are fucking fantastic. I, Thank you. It's, it's the best food porn. Like, cause, cause you, you scan through it and it's like pictures of the dumplings and then it's watching hands fold them and then it's watching the ingredients go in. <laughs> like, it's impossible to go through that feed and not get excited or get hungry. And it doesn't matter if it's like early in the morning, late at night, middle of the day. Like, it is awesome. So check them out and hit that follow. They're expert. Like, that's... I. I lust for dumplings. That's definitely, that ranks high. We always talk about like the foods that we crave when I'm traveling in like the Pacific Northwest. I always have to hit a bunch of dumpling spots because by and large, they have more of them that are Mm -hmm. prolific than we have. We just don't have many of them. We don't really have a lot of restaurants around here that specialize in dumplings. It's just not, it's not a thing here. So when I saw them, I was like, what is this shit? (laughs) I will forever be indebted to uh, the lovely and amazing Miss Emma Held. Uh, who took me on a tour in Manhattan, like an official tour through the company that we worked for. We went through Chinatown into, like literally it was a seven-stop dumpling run, and then we ended with Peking Duck. 
And I, I still, to this day, that's top five best meals. If you can include the entire journey, that's top five best meals I've ever had in my life. And like seeing the artistry and the difference, freely admitting, like I just didn't have any experience with that growing up and really having my eyes opened to how widely amazing, like the variety of everything is. Oh, especially when you have a guide that knows what they're doing. Yep. Walking you around. That's yeah. That's where it's at. For sure. So right now you guys are doing some flavors that have ramps in them, which is really exciting. You got chicken and pork with Chicken ramp? and pork. This week it's just pork. Yeah. So okay. we, get, uh, we get our ramps from um, Fort Forge North. Oh, yeah. Um, Austin oh, right. over there. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's great. And, uh, you know, the season's only so short. So try to get as many as we can and try to make as many as we can. That's, I think it's the flavor that sells out the fastest. How could it not? Yeah. I mean, just getting excited about that season, and and honestly, I brought some today, yeah. actually. So, oh, nice. Yeah, we'll we'll have some in a bit. This is the best day ever. Love it. Yeah, we're gonna wait until we're midstream. So he's got <laughs> a couple of drinks in him, and Perfect. then while he's answering questions. <laughs> and speaking of a couple of drinks, uh, you have four different beautiful bottles, all wildly different, in front of you. Yeah. Um, I feel like we shouldn't do all four in one. Maybe just as we go, if you don't mind talking about of course. Uh, which ones they are. But, but since we are going to start this off with a sip, uh, I was doing a little bit of ASMR reading as you were opening that bottle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, what, what do we have first in this, in this cup? This one, it's, it's all Chinese baijiu in, in front of us that, that I brought today. This guy is called Arguotou. And um, it means the second distillation, Ooh. apparently, is the best distillation for Chinese um, baijiu. So that's kind of the history behind it. It's kind of like a blue-collar spirit. Um, it's relatively cheap. It's widely available. Okay. Um, is it correlative to, like, a gin vodka kind of situation in other cultures closer to vodka i think it baijiu is is fermented from sorghum Mm -hmm. okay um that's all i know about it (laughs) so i'm not a uh i'm not an expert by any means but we're about to become experts every time my uh (laughs) my parents come back from china they'll they'll bring a couple of bottles and i've just been hoarding them nice and And i I got tricked into thinking that the the bottle because we're going like (laughs) shitty to magnificent but then the coolest looking bottle is apparently this one looks the most traditional yeah okay you know it looks like it looks like a old ass bottle of balsamic vinegar or something it's got a nice little silk robe on it i was like oh wait that's the that's the cheapest one (laughs) well you know what's kind of funny though is if you think about um if you think about like chianti in in italy it's also similar. Like you get sort of a squatty bottomed, like the the yep. wicker the basket wicker, around it. Yep. Like that's usually just the table wine and like let's roll. Mm-hmm. And so you dress it up a little bit more because it's nice to, especially if that's like the blue collar workhorse. It's nice to feel a little bit, yeah. you know, a little bit fancy. <laughs> and and looking at like I don't know anything about Baidu, but uh, looking at distillation in general. If you run it just a second distillation, you'll still have some of the, like, sort of the original, like, flavor particles, mm-hmm. what, what a, like, a vodka distiller would call impurities, mm-hmm. but that'll be what gives it some character and some funk and some fun to it, yep. and then the more that you, the more that you refine that, you know, basically every alcohol as you distill it, the more you refine it, sort of the finer and more pure it gets, 
but there are different steps along the way where you'll get different flavors that will yeah. show up and, and be there for it. Yep, and I think this one is aged for the least amount of years sure. out of all four of these okay. two. So it's a little bit harsher, it's a little bit more unrefined, um, and you know we'll, we'll taste as we go. Cool. Well, fucking A, let's do it. All right. Cheers. I'm so excited. Cheers. Man, that is fucking complex. A little caramely. Yep. Yeah. There's there's mm. also like there's almost there's almost a wisp of the smoked peat that you would get in like a scotch, sure. and I'm sure that's something in the like the roasting technique. But I like that 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 sneaks through mm. and it kind of plays with the caramel, so it's not like overly sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not a lot of burn Mm-mm. in the finish. Uh, Rolls in. What's funny about this one is that, I don't know if I'm um, letting the cat out of the bag here, but you can find this at Chinese grocery stores. Awesome. Really? Yeah. It, like, does it, does it fall under, like, the cooking wine category? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, exactly. It falls under, like, the <laughs> Shaoxing wine. wine. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. This is, like, 45%, so I have, right. I have no idea how that's happening, but I found Dude, it no on kidding. the shelf one day, and it was actually next to, like... Korean soju. That's so. And I text great. my friend and I was like, "Do you know that like I'm not gonna say the place, but the you know, yeah, you know yeah, this yeah. place that like this show. place has it?" And he was like, "No, I had no idea." Dude, that's fucking. That's crazy. amazing. But I can totally see. Honestly, I could really see like using that. Maybe not quite as much as far as quantity goes. Yeah. But in in place of like a Shaoxing for sure. you know, doing like some kind of like stir yeah. fry and as like a deglazer, yeah. uh-huh. I think that would lend a ton of great flavors uh-huh. to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. A little for the dish, a little for the cook. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's yeah, all it's, a part of the cooking process. It is, right? it is pretty complex, given that it's like a really uh, simple, like, oh, yeah. working working person's beverage yeah. in China. Because it tastes like uh, there's, like, caramelization, there's dark fruit, a yeah. um, mm-hmm. little bit of mm-hmm. sting, like, no real present sweetness, which I obviously enjoy. Maybe a little bit on the front end. But it's, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. I, there's a really there's good. like a there's like a like a plum skin mm-hmm. stone mm-hmm. fruit layer in there yep. yeah. that it took a, literally it took a sip of beer and then it kind of brightened up in there almost like that that choya yeah mm-hmm. absolutely um, yeah that, that little plum wine thing Ooh. yeah Very even nice. even uh, even on my my burp there off mic Ooh. there's a little bit of there <laughs> but I suppose we should we should get to some topics Let's we should go. get to some questions Let's pitch so. We are, uh, we, as we talked about before we started this, we are of a, a certain age, relatively in the same age range. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, and this could be, this could be as fluffy as like uh, music or movies or video games, or it could be something kind of deep. But is there something from the 80s or 90s that you wish you could bring back and drop as new right now? Is there something that like, you just wish people could experience the way that you did in the 80s or the 90s, whether as a kid or as like a preteen or a teenager that you would love to have now? God, I would say like after school cartoons, like Darkwing Duck, Gargoyles, DuckTales. Gargoyles is so underrepresented. Like that show was amazing. Yeah. It's on Disney Plus now, so. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, they added it like three or four months ago and I had some friends really lose their shit over that. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that was my jam, like, coming home. Like, my mom would make me, like, Campbell's Chunky Soup. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> you, were, you were literally the soup commercial. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mom, I'm hungry. Like dumps the can, like boom. Exactly, yeah. And it was like two hours. Two hours of like amazing cartoons. Oh, and, like man. Saturday morning cartoons too. You know? And then you get to talk about it the next day at school yeah. and be like, dude, did you see that episode? Like the Saturday morning dude, cartoons. That was, that was kind of my jam even more. Because, like, then you had the bigger blocks. So you had, like, the stuff for little kids. And yeah. then you had the stuff for, like, a little bit older yeah. kids. There yeah. was always dope shit on TV to watch when we were kids. Because <laughs> yeah. even in the morning before school, I remember watching, like, I don't know if it was syndicated Saved by the Bell. But there was, there was something, on, some Saved by the Bell was on in the morning. And I'd be like, oh, man, I want to I wanna start coughing so I could just watch this Saved by the Bell <laughs> marathon on TBS or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> Isn't it a weird thing? That, sh- that show was only on TV for four years. You're kidding me. No. No, you said that, but I don't, I don't believe you. Look it up. There's the college years, plural. That's a, no, no, no. College years doesn't even fucking Are you count. Sa- wait, hold on. What about the years when Tori was on there? There's yeah, that no works. Way it was four total years. That was four total years. Man, I'm looking it up. And I guess you could include a fifth with the, the Miss Bliss when he was like an elementary school student or whatever. Hmm. But yeah, I... Uh, was that, that would, only that's that'd be that would blow my mind because I didn't even I didn't believe you and I didn't look it up because that's how <laughs> that's how little I believed you. How that's many fair. Years was saved by the bell. Why don't you answer while I look this shit up? <laughs> <All right. laughs> Unless Peter has more to add to that. So, well, I was just going to say like it's similar because I loved those cartoons because it was so like mm. one plus one equals two is just kind of how the whole thing works. I loved the simplicity of the '80s where. There was like a good guy and there was a bad guy and that yep. was a thing. The problem was in the 80s especially, but also the 90s, it was usually set up that it was always going to be like probably a white dude that was the good guy. And then they would set it up with like, yep. whether it was like a, like a Mexican-American actor playing a Middle Eastern actor, like, mm. or there was, it, was, <laughs> it was always just really like creepy racial. Yeah. But if Very we could, stereotypical. I feel sure. like I feel like there is a chunk of innocence of youth where it would just be fun. Like it, everything is very complex now, and I like that because I'm older. But like looking at my nephews and my niece, I wish there was a little bit of the simplicity of that. Mm-hmm. If we could just make it not so it always ends up in the exact same yeah. X is this, Y is this. Yeah. And, like, I even watching, like, so I, I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but Charles has gotten me into starting to watch pro wrestling again. And yeah. watching them sort of stretch the fabric of, because you still have the hero and the heel. And watching, Mostly, yes. Yeah. yeah, but, like, watching them figure that out in today's culture is actually kind of interesting. And I give you credit because you've helped me figure out, like, what the fuck is this guy's deal? (laughs) And then he'll give me some background on it. And like, oh, okay, I kind of see where they're coming from, and that's cool. But, like, that kind of joy, I think think it would be fun to still have that. Like, even looking at video games now. You know, like, back then, it was like, you side-scroll this way until you get to the goal, and then that's either the end of the level or the save point, and then you go on to the next thing. And, like, I watched my nephew play Fortnite, and I'm like, what the fuck are you even doing? He's got a sniper rifle in one hand and, like, a pickaxe in the other, building a house (laughs) as he's going. And to me, and I'm sure this is what, like, my parents thought when they watched me play, like, 8-bit NES. But, like, he has a controller, and it just looks like he's hitting all the buttons at the same time constantly. 
And even trying to watch on the screen, like, I don't even know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, what are you trying to do? You're but, building, yeah, but you're building get, like, an elevator to the moon yeah, and while, while you're shooting people. While also getting 11 straight headshots. Yeah. And, <laughs> and on one hand, I'm like, that's just fucking cool. And I'm really happy about that. But on the other hand, I miss the simplicity. And so I bought uh, a cheap, like, Genesis for him. And he yeah, got really yeah, into some Sonic. some of the old school shit. Like, Sonic... For whatever reason, I, I don't know, I don't know why, but that yep. made yep. sense to him, and then we just went with it. I feel like with video games, though, the distance between like our parents understanding our video games when we were playing them versus now is oh. much smaller. <laughs> Absolutely. Because right? like, my dad played Ninja Turtles, like two-player Ninja Turtles with me. Yeah. It's like you, you kill the bad guys, you, you know do like a flying kick and then there's a boss at at the end of every level it's, yeah for sure it's understandable but all this like open world stuff Wild. like i know no some of the most popular games now are the ones that are most accessible like uh what's that one called fall guys yeah fall guys right you just knock a dude around and anyone could like your dad could play that you know like just anyone can pick up a controller. i think we've lost that a little bit there's 30 controllers and they're still figuring out ways like i'm playing returnal on ps5 right now when you shoot, like, you use the left trigger, and now that they have haptic feedback where the, the um, shoulder buttons can push back, that is now two buttons, because if you push it halfway, you shoot oh, normally. Yeah. If yeah. you push it all the way down, you do an alt fire. No. I'm like, yeah. did no. you need to double all the buttons? <laughs> like, I, I can't do that. <laughs> no. There's no way. Yeah, my mind does not process like that anymore. Mm-mm. And I will, I, I've, as, as I've learned, getting more back, like, in the last year, well, for, through COVID, I started playing a lot more video games, and I learned that I press everything way too hard. Like, sure. <laughs> I bought the, the newest Madden, and I was just overthrowing everybody because I'm just, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like stress pushing it. And yeah. You're gonna like yeah. put more spin on it, but <laughs> exactly. you're literally just overthrowing. It. <laughs> yeah, because every button's analog now. Exactly. Oh my god. What would uh, Charles? What would yours be? What would you? What would you resurrect? So, I mean, speaking of pro wrestling and, and video games, I think for me. What I miss is the mystery of those years. Like, I remember when I was a teenager, someone would ask you a movie trivia question. Like, what was that character's name? Or what was the actor name that played this particular character on a TV show? And you didn't have Google at your behest. You couldn't just pick up a phone because you didn't have one on you. Mm-hmm. There were times where we'd get high as fuck and order a bunch of White Castle and sit in the White Castle parking lot as the sun came up arguing about, like, Things like that. For sure. The name of an actor, something like that. It was just, it wasn't the simpler times dynamic. It was the mystery aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Like pro wrestling, crowds were so much louder because they believed what they were watching. They thought it was a real fight. So they would be like so enamored with what was happening in the ring. Now everybody knows it's a television program, it's acted and scripted. And people are just not as enthusiastic about like yelling at the wrestlers because they're watching a show. You don't really yell at people when you watch Broadway, right? So those types of things I really miss. And even, you know, when it comes to video games, not knowing every secret where everything was hidden. A friend had to tell you. Mm-hmm. Like a friend was like, hey, man, in Super Mario uh, level uh, 1B or 1-2, however, I forget how they ranked them, where you could, like, jump over the top and then run over the whole level and right. jump down the right. warp drain. Like, that blew yep. my mind when my buddy Dave told me <laughs> yep. about that when I was fucking 7 or 8 years old blew my mind like holy shit or the contra code 
like yeah, learning dude. that because it was friend to friend like your buddy would tell you and they'd be like got it and then you go tell your other friend you do it in front of them and be like look i got 99 lives motherfucker and they'd be like how did you do that and you'd be like give me a piece of paper it was in in mario like i think five or six world where you could where you could get the the repeating it was called the I turtle think, jump yeah the turtle jump which my friends all called gleeping even in the step where you could go, and then it would just count up a bunch of lives. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, Eric Still Levitt. Don't know that one. Oh, so you're gonna have to show me that. So one. you know, at the very That's end, when you go up the little like the the one sided pyramid, the 45 degree angle, yep. and then yep. you jump the onto steps. the flag. Yep. There is there is a uh, the hard shell beetle is coming down, and there's a turtle that does it too. And if you jump just right on the edge of the stair, Mario will just keep jumping on top the, of him. I think it's a Koopa. Yeah. That, yeah, that you just keep, you can't move and he can't move. Yeah. So he's stuck on the step and you're just bouncing his head against the corner. And, and you do it so many times, it just starts giving you one-ups. And you can just sit there until you're maxed out. Oh, and then if okay. you hold the jump out of that, <laughs> then you can basically just make a run and you're good to go. See, so Peter, Ben just had to tell you this, See? but yeah. you could have looked it up on YouTube for sure. Yeah. Back then, your boy would have to show you, like, let me show you this shit. And then they would do it, and you'd be like, what the fuck? And then it was even worse because your friends would lie to you. I had the friend that said that his brother could jump over the pole in Mario Brothers. Oh, okay. And I would play the first level over and over because it's the easiest to, it. to get there. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, I would get blisters <laughs> on my thumbs trying to figure it out because you'd be like, dude, my brother does oh, like dude. every day. I just figured out why you push the buttons too hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm still getting mad at that. Shit. It was that and the original NES Kung Fu. I just just oh, murdering yeah. that kick button. The, the slide kick. The... Yeah. You have to. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> oh, man. I miss the 80s and the 90s. Except for all the bullshit from the 80s and the 90s. I miss the nostalgia that I loved from there. Oh, but yeah. then you think about all the reasons that that existed, and you're like, oh, this is so problematic and awful. If only we could keep all the good stuff and start a new decade. There you go. Let's, let's, let's start a greatest hits decade where we yeah. bring all the shit we liked right. and then we end it. Yeah, like playing outside and not telling anybody where you went. Dude, Just like yeah. come back at dusk. Man, your mom just like trusted like you. Right? Just like, yeah, come on. So your parents used to just like, be like, get out of here and then you could yeah. roam the earth? Yeah. So that was everybody yeah. I knew growing up. What? My mom would push me out when the sun came up, yep. slam the door behind me. I'd get on my bike with my fucking nunchucks. And just ride around <laughs> town, swinging it at my friends. That's amazing. Those are the best. I, Those uh, days were the best. Yeah, only child. I would like <laughs> climb the same tree from like different sides until I saw one of the neighbor kids come out, and then it was like, all right, well, <laughs> what dumb repetitive thing do you want to do? Yeah. And literally, my neighbor Joey Lanners, we had a game that was called kickball. But it wasn't kickball. It was just kick a ball against the garage yeah. door because they had like <laughs> the old. Game. They had the old great school game. like blast door garage door. It was like mm. all solid wood panels. Dude, kick kick a ball one time against a garage door right now. Someone will be out in ten seconds. Uh -huh. to yell exactly. At you. <laughs> How could you not be? Oh man. And now like now my friends who have kids, I'm like we're the same age. You did that. It was a totally different world. Yeah. There's there's no fucking way they're letting their kids out. No. Yeah. Like the idea of like. I remember cruising around and waiting to see, like, a group of bikes somewhere. And then you'd just be like, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, oh, yeah. I live, like, six blocks that yeah. way. And part of that is also, like, living in a city. But, yeah. like, where, where did you grow up? Shoreview. Shoreview? Okay. Yeah, north and suburbs. you were... Northeast. Northeast, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I was South Minneapolis. And it was just like, if, if, A, if you guys all went somewhere and you dropped your bikes off, then some other kid was for sure going to ride up at some point. Like, what are you guys doing? 
Mm-hmm. Like we had we had city block sized jail tag, and we would use everyone's yard, and like none of the neighbors got mad. I don't. I can't even imagine, like watching a kid run through some of my neighbor's lawns and not get screamed at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd just play football or street hockey in the street all day. Yeah. Like the street was just our playground. For sure. God. Let's bring that back. Let's let's start a bike gang now. Fucking Let's a. just bike to each other's houses <laughs> and we'll play video games. Old Can I video bring my games. nunchucks? <laughs> no one will call the cops if they see bring me riding a bike with yeah. nunchucks. With hooks on the end too because I put hooks on both ends of each one. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. That's frightening. Mm-hmm. Oh, buddy actually hit me in the arm. I still have a scar. Where is it? I'm hearing you, but I do have a scar. Yeah, it's right there. That's awesome. Well, it's hard to see That's so hand. much cooler. My, my, yeah, with my own hook nunchucks. <laughs> that sounds like Karate Kid 9 or something. <laughs> my, only, my, my first scar from a friend is a, I have a hook scar right here because uh, we were doing the, in the science class, you had like the plumb bob where you were trying to like show... Yeah the weight of something as energy yeah. passed out. Yeah. And uh, I thought it would be really funny when he wasn't looking to just use the scissors and snip his string with a little lead weight. And then the, the teacher came over and I was letting mine go. And I, instead of putting my hand down, I went like, aha. And I did like the show hand and he went to go snip and he just took a giant chunk off of my thumb. That is so much nerdier than my friend hit me with my nunchucks with hooks in them. <laughs> That's a weapon so cool that the new Mortal Kombat didn't even bring it up. Nah, man. That was, <laughs> yeah, they, that should be in fucking Mortal Kombat. Absolutely. We had Ninja Stars that we would just throw into the neighbor's garage because oh, it was yeah. convenient to throw it into his garage, and he did not give a single shit. He was just like, throwing Ninja Stars, huh? <laughs> he just didn't care. Yeah. Uh, Jared, Jared Carlton lived like five blocks down, and he, he got for sixth grade, for his sixth grade birthday, he got mm-hmm. throwing knives. That's insane. And they had a privacy fence in their backyard. And uh-huh. we basically, at like eye level, all the way down the privacy fence, we just chopped Dude. all the wood out, just throwing knives over and over again. God, that's so frightening to think about. It's exhilarating, actually. I want to I go do that right now. Yeah, that would be very fun right now. But instead, uh, we should talk about the bottle that was just poured. The next yes. one, yes. This one, I have no backstory. I pulled it off the shelf. Um, looked pretty cool. I, it's definitely from China, like smuggled here in, a, in one of my parents' bags. Um, it's like an it's a hexagonal or a hexagonal depending on yeah. where you're from. Yeah. Uh, red Full opaque bottle. Red, yes, yeah, super Chinese looking with a gold writing, dragons on the side. I like that the bottom is round, but like the the body of it is hexagonal. Yeah, it looks pretty imperial, right? Yeah, that's some shit. Like if you see it on a shelf, you're like, oh, that's the good stuff. But What's this one called? This, this is aged like 15 years. Oh shit. I, I definitely can't read Chinese. I'm, like, illiterate in China, right? Uh, don't tell anybody. Um, do you speak Chinese? I do speak Chinese. I speak Arabic and do not read it, so... See? Yeah. Yep. Same, it's same, same. I can get around in China. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, look like an idiot if you give me, uh, like, a newspaper or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Even a menu, you're like, fuck. Yeah. Like in, in <laughs> Lebanon, most of them are, have the Arabic writing and the English characters on it oh, as well, perfect. so I can get yeah. by... Otherwise, like, I just, they all, almost every restaurant in Lebanon has, like, the same 30 menu items. Yeah. So I can just, like, call out what I want. I'm that's like, ah, that's fuck, what I, I do in that. China, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I ask for, like, the noodle soup, the wontons, <laughs> yeah, you know, all, all the favorites. And usually, you know, nine out of ten, they have them. 
that's the the alphabet difference is such an interesting thing like for people that aren't familiar with that to try and figure out like just that it's not it's not just corresponding letters oh yeah like there's so much yeah. more that goes yeah. into that uh, the tones really fuck with you absolutely and like there's uh i i have a, a friend who spent four years learning mandarin and he said it's it's even harder than learning the characters is learning the actual pronunciation mm-hmm. and the inflection on mm-hmm. the vowels yep. because if you change the inflection it changes the word completely it changes everything yeah where yeah. like my people in norway every single letter has an exact sound there's no other sound it's not even like <laughs> english where mm-hmm. like like you know, like wait and write, like we don't have, there's none of that shit in Norwegian. Yep. If you, if you know what the, what the letters sound like, you can read a Norwegian newspaper out loud and people will think that, sure. oh, you know the language. Yep. Like yep. it's when you add that level of difficulty, it just changes everything. Yeah. And you have to put Absolutely. away like the natural inflection that you would put into a sentence, like a question naturally like goes up. Right. And then, you know, that kind of upward inflection changes whatever word that you're trying to say. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's super confusing. Well, okay, so this one is a 15-year, 15 15-year. 15 right? Unnamed. Unnamed. Okay. I'm sure they named it. We just It's a mystery <laughs> to all <Yeah>. of us. <laughs> all right. Oh, man, that smells incredible. Let's go. Ooh. Damn, you ain't kidding. Oh, man. That's so floral. It's different, right? Yeah. Ooh, it's, it's very floral. It smells like a peach ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it tastes like, a, dude. That's my. That smells like those fucking peach rings. It does. Ooh, that. <clears throat> damn, that's fucking good. So, if you take out the the warmth from the alcohol, mm-hmm. that actually reminds me of like some of the finer, like more floral and sweet sakes that I've had. Yes, mm-hmm. where absolutely. Where you get yep. like like white flesh peach, the, the actual mm-hmm. inside of a plum, like that, that flavor. And I've man, never thought about that before, but and yeah. And that just I lingers. Can, yep. Oh man. It's, it hits you with florality right yep. on the forefront, like an edible flower, or like rose water or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and rose the back water end, is great. That leftover flavor is very much like a white peach, mm-hmm. like, a, like a ripe white peach. That's really fucking good. Holy shit. That's that's incredible. I'm gonna need that name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna need to take a picture of that How bottle. Find that name. Nobody knows, man. You'll never have it again. <laughs> Listen, I, if 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 after a weird moment at customs at the MSP airport ended up with me getting sake only available in Japan imported here, there is a way that we can get that bottle here. <laughs> hey, it can be done, man. I've been bringing my uncle's uzo, his arat. Sorry, his arat. Arat to the U.S. for many years. And I just slap his, because uh, he's got labels, pre-made labels for the olives that he sells in his convenience store. I just slap that on there, and then he writes Ara in Arabic on there. And you go through customs, and they're just like, label. Did you see a label? It yep. doesn't matter. I love it. Bottle, yeah. label. All right, get out of here. It doesn't have to be chromatically sealed or anything. It's like fucking taped. He literally will do like <laughs> tape around the top, and they're just like, cool, it's labeled. Ara is an anisette, right? Yes, it is. Yep. Did- Distilled white wine with tons of anise. Have you does does anisette liqueur does that exist in that you found in Chinese culture at all? No, use it a lot. We use star anise a lot in right. cooking, but mm-hmm. no like liqueurs or liquors. Yeah, there's no traditional alcohol. You you think yeah. it would probably perform well you because think. the flavor is enjoyed. Yeah. I've in always that culture. Yeah. I've always wondered that because from South America to Central America to the Middle East to yeah. Europe, like mm-hmm. every every older culture 
has some representation of that, like all the way through. Mm -hmm. But I, it just occurred to me right now, as you said that, that I don't think as much as I've used star anise in, I mean, the, the very small amount of traditional cooking that I've mm -hmm. done, it's, it's, it's kind of fascinating that that never came around as a liqueur. Yeah. I don't know why as, as far as like high proof alcohol is concerned in China, this, this is it. You know, people don't drink whiskey. I mean, now, yeah. you know, yeah. it's more... Japanese whiskey, right? Like, yeah. huge yeah. import. Yeah, now in, like, you know, Shanghai is, like, New York. But when you go into, like, little towns and stuff, it's it's all just baijiu still. That's, really? That's, that's all yeah. they drink. Yeah. Sure. That's yeah, nice. It's like beer and baijiu. That's sure. it. So sure. lager, yep. That's, so, yeah. that's it, yeah. You like, don't even... You just say beer or liquor, and yeah, it's like... Yeah, my, my grandpa was, it. like, Paps Blue Ribbon and uh, and this. Really? Yeah. That's wow. amazing. That's, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that that's like sort of like the, the whiskey culture in India. Like, I mean, India, I think, is the number two or number three consumer of whiskey in the world. You're kidding. No. And uh, like 94% of the whiskey made in India doesn't leave India. They drink a lot of their own and then they also import a shit ton. Wow. And like, I'm kind of fascinated by that. But that's also that's that's other cultures then you know coming in and then being changed and then being made indian in the 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 continent or in the country but like yeah the most consumed spirit in lebanon is scotch oh johnny all right johnny fucking a johnny walker <laughs> they call it johnny all right <laughs> so, yeah johnny walker man they they fucking love it johnny so they drink more johnny walker than they do out of but, you know, it's the traditional, it's like the old-timer thing. So right. when I'm there right. drinking with my uncles, they'll drink scotch too, but they always get real excited when I'm like, let's drink some arat. So they're like, hell yeah. And so they guess arat. So they make, like, they mix it up. It turns white and cloudy. They get glasses and the bucket of ice, and we do the whole thing. But if I'm going to the bar or the club with my cousins, it's just bottles, almost yeah. always just bottles of Johnny Walker. And That's is arat, is that, uh, like, aged? at all no no it's not i mean it it could it, sometimes it's just consequently aged it's just been left around but yeah. it's not intentionally yeah. aged yeah. uh and it's not from the barrel so it's white wine that is uh thereby distilled with anise uh the first so the first portion of it that comes out they consider mm -hmm. to be the finest and they call it arabalde so that's the expensive stuff Got it. so like the first pores of distillation that come out of the barrel are the like fancy bottles. It's like the purest flavor of each of them. And then as they go along, then they just empty the barrel. But the uh, Arabalde is the one that people look for, but they don't talk about age statements or anything. And is it that. pretty low proof? No, it's rocket fuel. <laughs> really? It will, it will hurt you. It'll hurt oh, your okay. throat and your feelings. I need to try I've, some. <laughs> I've taken shots of it straight uh, when I was younger, thinking I was cool, and I would have a burnt throat for yeah. a week. Yeah. It's powerful. Because that, that, I guess that, that's the one, the one difference. Like, as it travels through, like, it goes from high proof to low proof, depending on where you are. Because you have, like, Uzo in Greece. You have Sambuca in Italy. Right. It's you, Yeah, there's all kinds of... Yeah. Ricky. yep. Yeah, Ricky. And then you dip over to, like, Central and South America, and it's sort of under the blanket term, like, aguardiente. Okay. Um, and that can be as strong as 80 or 100 proof, or it can be as weak as like 20 or 30 proof, mm -hmm. uh, just depending on culturally where you are. Like when we were, um, when I was in Costa Rica, we saw a lot more like 60 to 80 proof. But in Colombia, it was 40 proof. And literally that was what everybody drank at the wedding. It wasn't, you, you didn't even have a beer sometimes. They yeah. just walked around constantly 
with a cold bottle of that and they'd pour two or three ounces and then everybody would have a shot and then you go back to dancing because you need both hands for dancing <laughs> on the dance i mean it was it was wild but the fact that, that that flavor profile sort of continues through everything is kind of fascinating. Yeah, the stuff that my uncles make, and Lebanese people will always tell you that the difference between ara and, and uzo is that it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. The stuff my uncles make is in excess of, all of it's in excess of 100 proof. It's also <laughs> why when you, when, you, yeah. uh, when you break it, which means mix it, <clears throat> it's a, so it's a clear grain liquor, and water, of course, is clear. When you mix it, it turns cloudy white yep. like it's like ecto cooler cool. which originally drew me to it when i was a kid like watching yeah. my parents drink it like oh fuck like it turns it's like whoosh, blooms up like a white cloud and it also leaves like crystals around the glass if you keep drinking out of the same glass it's some weird science shit for sure uh if you ever make uh well <clears throat> if you ever make like high proof schnapps and then you water it down it does the same thing yeah when- a lot there are multiple liquors that do that, that was the first time i ever saw it but it's mm. I basically made rumplevents for a charity event that we did here. And as I was making it, it was so weird. When I hit that perfect dilution point, the mm-hmm. whole, it was in a clear bowl. And the entire bowl went opaque white. Yeah. And then I had to basically proof it back up. Yeah. And then it also vanished again when it happened. It's, it's fascinating how that works. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right, question two. So, Peter, we know you're the dumpling boss. <laughs> <laughs> but my question applies uh, to it, it could apply to cooking dumplings. But the broader question is, what's your favorite style of cooking? If you have to pick one. So steaming, sauteing, sous vide, uh, pressure cooking, barbecue, roasting. If you have to pick one, what is it? I would say my my favorite dish is uh, like clay pot rice. Oh, come on. So anything that starts with like a fatty meat that then you incorporate like some kind of grain. Usually for me, it's rice. Mm-hmm. You add stock, you let that go. You know, you're browning chicken in it first. Or for me, it's like my mom's lop chung, which is, you know, funnily enough, it's, it's made out of this stuff too. <laughs> this, uh, this, this, uh, baijiu is, is one of the primary ingredients in it. Really? Yeah, yeah, and it's just fatty cuts of pork mixed with baijiu, other spices, hung dry, just as a way of, like, preserving meat. Sure. Um, You brown that up, render the fat, and then add in rice, stock, and and then you add some soy sauce at the end, star anise, ginger, scallions, and that's, that's like, my perfect meal right there. Yeah. So whatever style of cooking that's that's called that's sure <laughs> that's like a, I guess like a braise maybe <laughs> yeah I something suppose. but something then you like you have that, also yeah. the rice in there so yep. yeah. yeah I don't know it's, that's not technically pressure cooking I guess it would just be a braise but it also contains the it's rice like rice for sure yeah there's Lebanese food like that like rezajez which is like it's like Chinese rice aroni is, is totally. kind of my jam yeah that's probably why it's so satisfying it's just that like really soul soothing. Flavor mm-hmm. characteristics, yeah. Le- uh, in, so Lebanese cooking, there's rezajez, which is literally just means uh, um, rice on chicken. Yeah. And so you boil a chicken in water, but you put just salt, pepper, a couple cinnamon sticks in there. Yep. So it's making a stock, like a quick stock. Yep. 
you pull the chicken out after it's cooked, and then you cook rice in that broth. It sucks up every ounce of the liquid. You shred up the chicken and throw it in. You hard fry, like hot as hell in some oil, pine nuts and almonds. Mm -hmm. Uh, Get them really dark, like borderline burnt. Then you sprinkle it all over the rice and chicken, and you dust it with allspice or pimento, which I didn't know. When I was younger, I was like, they call it sweet pepper. I was like, what the fuck is this? And it wasn't until I was, I don't know, 25 that I was like, oh, it's fucking allspice. (laughs) (laughs) I'd buy it. I'd I'd buy it on trips to Lebanon. I got to get that white pepper. They don't have it in the U.S. (laughs) And then one day I was like, motherfucker, it's allspice. (laughs) Yeah, McCormick makes it. Uh, my My answer is easy. I think. Pretty much anybody who knows me well knows that um, I'm a little bit of a pyro, and like I'm, I have a a little bit with air quotes. I have a very special relationship with fire, (laughs) and cooking with fire to me, uh, Francis Mallman is my spirit animal. So, the wilder a fire, I want to tame it via cooking food on it and not ruining the food. That's like my favorite thing to do. First night when we go to the cabin, it's always start a fire, and mm-hmm. I got some dinosaur steaks, yep. no sous vide, nothing, and I'm going to cook them perfectly on that motherfucking fire. And then corn on the cob and whatever else we have, Brussels, who knows, fucking scallops, who cares. That's like my absolute favorite thing to do is cooking over live fire and, and taming it. That's why the notion of I – don't, I don't barbecue. That's like the only form of cooking I don't do. I do every <laughs> form of cooking, but I'm not a barbecue guy. Mm-hmm. Grilling mm-hmm. – I prefer so vastly, mm-hmm. like a hot, hot heat and determining how hot it is and how far to put the coals and what the direction of the air is and where to place your protein and whether you need indirect and yeah. whether the vegetables should be on now or later, or how much you need to rest. Just that, that whole that whole dance, the, the symphony of flames and meats and drizzling <laughs> fat and dodging soot like that whole th- that whole thing is is my or absolute favorite. Char and oh, yeah. soot. I love that. What, what's that? I said or encouraging like char and soot, like bringing in a little bit. Yeah, of you that just don't carbon. want soot. You don't want that soot coming up on your chicken, though. No, that's fair. It's no good. I uh, I absolutely agree with you. I I think that for me, like fire cooking and or smoking something is probably the most the it's the proudest I feel. Mm-hmm. Like when you put eight hours into something, when you put 12 hours into something, there is a certain release that you get that's probably the closest I'll ever get to like the runner's high where, <laughs> you know, you spend a lot of time on something. And then like when for, for me, like a, a Boston butt or a pork shoulder, when you touch it with tongs and you just see it completely fall apart yeah. and yeah. you know, like I know that like the spice rub that I put on it is good because I tried it mm-hmm. and I love mm-hmm. that. But it's the quality of the meat that I'm always, every time I'm nervous about, I don't know if it's going to work out. I've failed enough at some of those that, like, it's always there. Mm -hmm. But I would have to say, I think sautéing is the thing that I love the most. Because that's when I can look at everything that I have left. And we usually keep a pretty solid, like, produce area in our fridge slash above the sink. And we usually have, like, some decent proteins. But that's when I can open up the pantry and I can look at all the different spices that I have and I can figure out like, I'm going to create this flavor that I have in my mind. And it's usually a flavor that I'm chasing that I never got when I was a kid. And now I just want like all of the flavors, all the spices, all the heat, all the whatever. And it doesn't always come together, but when it does, 
and you get those the vegetables that are tender but still have like a crunch to them and you get you know the starch whether it's like a rice or like a niangao or a noodle in there and that's got a little like char and saute on Mm -hmm. it and the protein is good to me that's my favorite thing like i i learned from two of my favorite chefs at a a restaurant we were talking about before we recorded at, at show you at the airport and I had never seen anybody I, – I had, I had worked at a couple other restaurants that had, like, solid walks, like the full-on with the sink no, that yeah. goes over it. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's – to me, that setup was unattainable. Yeah, that's a dream right Right. There. Like, if yeah. I could have that, I'd uh-huh. be there. Yeah. And uh, uh, Dan Zeroff, who uh, I believe still works for uh, Revival Smoked Meats and Foods, uh, does an incredible fried chicken. But also, he is a master on, like, walk-style sautéing. Right. And we worked, I mean, awful, like 60, 70 hour weeks together. And you kind of just start leaning on each other. And so my job was to make him laugh and not like lose his mind and quit. <laughs> and his job ended up being teach Ben how to do this shit better. And that was, that was where I really fell in love with it. And that's where I, I like, I love looking at, you know, it's like getting into the matrix. Like you mm-hmm. take a step back and you see 15 different ingredients and you're like, okay, I can do that. Yeah. All right, this is what's going to go in here today. And this mm-hmm. is, maybe I'm going to go this way with it. Maybe I'm going to go this way. Maybe it'll be sweet. Maybe it'll be hot. Maybe it'll be salty. Maybe it'll be all three. That's, that's the dance that I love because it's, it's active. You know, like as much as I love like smoking something and as proud as I am when it's done, there's a lot of time where you're just like, oh, I'm going to sit inside. Yeah, that's a, a marathon. Yeah. yeah. And that's great. Versus Don't get me wrong. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of great parts about not having to do shit for four or five hours. Mm-hmm. We can fill a lot of that time with other activities, be it cartoons or wrestling or fucking video games or whatever. <laughs> but it's for me, it's that active thing of like, all right, in the next like 15 to 20 minutes, I'm going to turn all of these random things into a dish that feels completely tied together and delicious. Yeah. And honestly, like I, I am a B minus student at best. It's not that hard to do. It's, it's a lot more just trying to figure out, like, what are your flavors and then figuring out like how to not. progression yeah. of what to put in first, like yep. your aromatics. And... and then once you get that going, you can start to see the pattern work. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, well, I don't have those, but I have these. Yep. And, and it'll probably follow a similar. Yeah. yeah. And then once you start getting going, I'm sure that's like getting really good at an instrument or anything else. You're like, oh, yeah, like you said, like, oh, I can riff here and I can do a little solo here. And then we add to it. And to me, it's a little bit more, it's a more of an entire story when you get to like put it on a plate than it is like when I pull something like a pork shoulder after 10 hours. Yeah. I love then serving that to people because watching their faces and tasting the flames and all that's great. But it's telling a story in one dish is kind of cool. I would love to cook with a wok more or stir fry. I've always had those stupid glass top. Oh, yeah. Like stoves. Right. They never get hot. Nope. For sure. And you turn them off and they stay hot. And <laughs> they never get to temper. It, they're, they're terrible. It's the, yeah, the, the no, house they're awful. The I house. refuse when, when Marnie and I were real quick. When yeah, Marnie real and I were ahead. looking at a place, I, that was number 1A. I will not move somewhere with an electric range. Yeah. I was like, no way. Not happening. I would rather have the coil like yeah. the mosquito <laughs> coil <laughs> thing absolutely than the glass top yeah. you the know like terrible too yeah i don't like either of those it's Dude, gotta those be coils like gas or like, nothing 
those can get like brutally hot and yeah. you don't even realize it. Yep. One yeah. of my exes had one of those and I was making a Mornay sauce, I believe, oh. like some kind of yeah. sauce. And at one point it just hit that point where it was nope. And there was yeah. cheese all over the ceiling. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess we're not getting to eat any of that. It's just, yeah. sorry about it. Yeah. So I've <laughs> contemplated getting like just one of those like, 30,000 BTU burners and yeah. throwing it on the deck and dude for real just <laughs> walking it up back there you know but yes. otherwise that's the best way to do it anyways exactly yeah but I've I've done that on, on my grill I, I just bought like a, really? a pretty affordable like just metal wok and before so the house that we live in now that was one of the selling points for me was that I could finally have a natural gas stove yep. but before that that was actually like literally get a fucking crazy hot fire going on a on a Weber Mm-hmm. And then it's all about the height that you pull it mm-hmm. off. And again, shouts out to Zan- Dan Zeroth. Like, he was the one who showed me, like, this is when you have to break it, and this is when you keep it going. And yeah. once you see yeah. it enough times, you're like, okay, yeah. I can figure that out. And then, then your nose takes over. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. smell when everything yeah. starts to caramelize. Yeah. You can smell when the char yeah, starts to happen. you can kind of hear the sizzle. Exactly. And, yeah. and oh, that's, that's, that's my favorite sound. Like, when everything hits and it's just there, you're like, oh. Yes. This is going to be amazing. The yeah, range at my house now is the hottest gas range I've ever had. Like medium, just above medium is like high on any other stove I've ever had. Yeah. So high That's is awesome. like really That's, gunning. Yeah. So doing wok frying on that thing is, is awesome. And I don't do it frequently enough. Like sometimes we make a stir fry and then I just do it in just a regular pan. I'm like, mm. fuck, I should have just... Why didn't I use the wok? I think there's something about it that seems ambitious, like having so a wash. Oh, yeah. having to wash a satellite dish, basically. Oh, and I, where do I where do I put this? I felt so awful because I bought the wok that we have. I bought like based on my level, and then my wife was like, "Oh, I, I'd love to like learn some shit." And the minute she tried, I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like I literally bought. It's the heaviest wok I've ever held in my life. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, okay, all right, I should probably tone this down. And honestly, then just going back and buying like a cheap one, it's just easy as long as you have a flame for it. Yep. Like that's just, oh, here we go. We have a new bottle coming out. It's similar in shape, also still hexagonal, but it's clear. And then it has some stamps going down the side. God, I love this. This is so cool. This one, I actually know a little bit about. Oh, okay. I am, I am two and a half feet away from that glass, and I can smell that bouquet. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, one's, this one's good. Oh, also 15-year. Um, it's called Xifeng. It's from a city in China called Xi'an. It was the original capital city, start of the Silk Road. Um, Holy and shit. it's the city that my parents actually live in in the summer. My dad's a sociology cool. professor at the U, and he splits his time between the U and Xi'an uh, University. So, Help me out um, with the name one more time. Xi'feng. So I'm, <laughs> for those listening, I'm across a ping pong table. It, is it like uh, halfway back on your tongue? Like he? Xi, it's like X-I. X-I, okay. Xi. Yeah, yeah. All right, farther X-I-F-E-N-G. Oh, man. That smells Incredible. Yeah, it smells amazing. Well, I never yeah. used I never used the word amazing, so that's Cheers, my first I one use this it year. Way too fucking much. <laughs> oh wow. Ooh. There's some, some tang and some tartness to that. That started off with like some spice. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. some spiciness. 
I would eat oh, candies. There too. I would eat candies made of that all day long. Big time. This one oh. is my favorite. Yeah. It ends with a little funkiness. Yep. It's it's like almost a, like a mushroom. Yeah, like funk. An, an earthy side to mm-hmm. it for sure. Mm-hmm. Ooh. That last bit reminded me of uh, Mung Whiskey. I grew up with a lot of Mung kids, and Mung Whiskey has that kind of like mushroomy earthiness. I've never had Mung Whiskey before. I get, it's interesting. I'll just say that. It's got like roots in the bottle. Like, really? The, yeah, the kind of my buddy Peter Vang, if you're listening. Mm. Uh, my buddy Peter Vang would steal them from his dad, and it's like this brown liquor with like a bunch of roots in it. And I don't even know. Honestly, I have no idea. I'd have to look it up again to understand even what's in it. Yeah. But it's so like earthy, mushroomy, kind of funky. And it was just a matter of we were, you know, 16 years old. We're just yeah. going to drink whatever yeah. we could how, get our hands on. How desperate on. you are. Yep. Yeah, whatever you can yep. get your hands on. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, <laughs> this might be a, a step too far for some folks. But uh, allegedly, uh, I have uh, may or may not have made a, a mushroom tincture. And if possibly yeah. if if I took a really premium orange liqueur and mixed it with that, and then a little bit of like hypothetically, citric, hypothetically oh, mixed sure. it with a little citric acid, huh. that is almost exactly what that would taste like. Because outside, outside of well, no, I've actually allegedly I've made that cocktail before, and it is very close with <laughs> with a little bit of soda water. That that is the finish on it. That's that is spectacular, and complex as fuck. Like as you swallow it, it goes through different levels of mm-hmm. everything. Like that Dude, is real fascinating. When it touched my lips, I got like spice, like mm-hmm. spices, spice, mm-hmm. not spiciness. And then it had mega florality, some of that same fruit flavor, some sake elements. It smells a lot. This even smells more like sake than the last one. And then went into that like funky earthiness yeah. that it finished with. There was like an inexplicable weirdness to it. Zifeng? Zifeng. Yep. That's, man, holy shit. Guam, I believe this is you. Yeah. I'm going I'm to fire some video footage. Ooh, get it. All right. So while he's hitting that, uh, so my question is I am, um, well, Charles and I are both kind of comic book nerds slash superhero movies, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I am late to the party. I just finished watching uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And uh, that series, in addition to Black Panther, uh, I found myself identifying with the villain a whole lot more than I did with some of the heroes a bunch of the time. And I was wondering, has there ever been a time through TV, through movies, whatever... Uh, that you kind of identified with, like, the quote-unquote bad guy in something, where you were like, eh, I mean, he's not wrong. You don't have to say, like, he's the hero instead, but just, like, eh, he's not wrong. Yeah, I got to think about this one. That's fair. Yeah, you guys, you guys go. Let me, Charles, do you, have, uh, you got one, one for that? Yeah, I can, I can yeah. go. So there's a lot of answers. I, I'm a big anti-hero person. I like to relate to someone who sort of has an internal dialogue and and problems with sort of sussing out what's right and wrong. It's just intriguing to me because mm-hmm. watching that take place in film or reading about it uh, is always 
more entertaining to me than your standard healer face pro wrestling terms for sure because you never know what direction it's going to go in it would be disingenuous to pick someone who's an anti-hero so my choice would be someone who i guess would border on it but it didn't seem like it until the very end of the film but in blade runner roy batty who has the incredible monologue when i mean can i spoil blade runner (laughs) you haven't seen it just come on yeah when he's uh when he expires what they call it Mm -hmm. so uh roy batty is as a character he's fucking psychotic you know he's murdering tons of humans uh he he's he has to be stopped obviously but you don't really understand his motivation until later it also it's what makes blade runner such a fascinating film too is when you understand the motivation of the androids it's that they have an expiration date and they were designed these living thinking um um intelligent beings want to extend their lives they don't want to die so really the only reason that they're violent is because they're being decommissioned correct and they know that and they want to live so understanding that it's not hard to relate to the character and it's almost like the uh the double turn that they pull on you is that he did a lot of terrible things in is it just because they're androids and we don't understand them and they've all gone crazy and they want to murder everybody? Right. That's what they lead you to believe. But then you discover essentially in the end that the only reason that they became violent was for self-preservation because they knew that not only individually, but everyone of their ilk, like everyone they know and is somehow like related to them in some sense was going to be powered off and essentially killed. Yeah. So that to me, that's my answer. He's he's a bad guy. He's a borderline antihero, but he's actually like he is a fucking bad guy. You know, he is a bad guy. <laughs> Kills a bunch of people. Not quite as bad as you know. Like I think a lot of people would answer this question, Killmonger, because there are some things mm-hmm. about his philosophy that make sense, but he's actually really fucking awful. Yeah. So it's I mean, you, a case could be made, but it's it. That's the one that I think people argue more than anything over the last few years. Is is Killmonger a good guy or a bad guy? Well, he's fucking awful, but he's got some good points. <laughs> well, and that, that was sort of the basis of my question was was watching the Falcon and Winter Soldier thing. Like mm-hmm. I felt the same way about the villain in that. Don't spoil anything. I'm not not going to spoil anything. Okay. But I will just not say, just for me, but yeah. mostly for <laughs> no, me. No, I, I will just say that I found myself identifying like as they let the quote unquote bad guy uh, sort of flesh out more and more. Basically, everything except, like, sort of the last things that happen, I'm like, no, that's 100% right. And to me, it just made a lot of sense, and I could see myself getting into that. And then, you know, they have to make the leap into the comic book thing where then, all right, well, if this isn't going to work, then I'll do this. Boom. Okay. That's, that's where it jumps sort of the shark for me. But the philosophy of people like that, thinking about in real life, for those of you that have watched it, um, there are a lot of alliterations to a lot of heroes that have been assassinated in our country that were saying the same things, only they let this flesh out, and then as it ends, it goes way over the top. And I'll leave it at that. But uh, is there anybody that you thought of? Yeah, I got, I got two. I, I like... Now, I don't know if this is like the bad guy per se, but I like vigilante movies. Yeah. Like people that take... The law into their own hands. Fuck yeah. Sure. They've been wronged or something. Like, 
I remember in college watching Boondock Saints. Fuck yeah. Mm. I don't know if that's a good movie, but like I loved it. It's an I entertaining loved, movie. Yeah, I loved Boondock Saints. Yep. The whole like rosary, like, you know, brothers coming up together, looking out for each other's back, and then just taking matters into their own hands. I don't know if you would call them like the bad characters of the movie, but like that is like the first thing that came to mind. Absolutely. And I think that's a great way to put it. Like if if you look at it from like the entertainment in a movie standpoint, those are the protagonists. Right. But if you look at that happening in our society, right. those would basically be terrorists. You know, like yeah. they would be hunted yeah. Yeah. by every agency. Yeah. Picking and off people. Like as much as I love Willem Dafoe's character in that movie, that's not who they're going to send after it. <laughs> that's armored trucks. Or even, God bless, Billy Connolly, my favorite fucking role of his, just pulling out gun after gun yeah. and going crazy. Yeah. But like in real life, that movie ends differently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like bank heist movies, I always root for the root for the robber. What was yeah. that Clive Owen movie where he was like hiding in the in the wall? Like he robbed. Oh God, let me let me find it. All I can think of is Croupier, the movie that made him famous. But I no again. Uh, like Jodie Foster was in it. Oh fuck! I you know what, what I'm talking, talking about. about. Inside Man. There you go. Oh. Inside yeah, Man. Yeah, yeah. Amazing movie. Like, was he the bad guy? I don't know. I mean, like, I like I like movies where they they slur it, where you just yeah. can't figure out yeah. exactly who. Or the... like Guy Ritchie movies. Like everybody's <laughs> Every, kind of yeah. like, yeah. you know, everybody's kind of shitty. Yeah. Everybody's kind of dirty. I was just and a friend about that. I fucking love Guy Ritchie movies. Yeah, yeah. everyone's a dickhead. Yeah, everyone. That's yeah. the whole point is everyone's a dickhead. <laughs> I mean, like, if you look at except one guy's like a nice dickhead. Right. And then everyone else but he's usually the one that gets fucked over and then at the end just accidentally survives. Like, right. That's, you know. Yeah. But like, like Brad Pitt in Snatch is kind of awful to everyone around him, but he's a hero because he like saves some of his family. Exa- you know, exactly. Like, yeah. 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 Exactly. Wild. Yeah. A lock stock and two smoking barrels. Oh, like, sure. Everyone kind of is shitty. Like, exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. as long as it works out and the worst people die. I guess <laughs> a lot of a lot of the best ones are the double turns like Kaiser Sose, incredible yes. villain. You of course root for him because he's got the limp, and then you know it's Kevin Spacey. We all fucking revile now. Just but, stomped on my fucking call. I know. <laughs> I know. And when, he, yeah. when he walks out and they're playing the montage of all the shit yeah. that he said, yeah. and he stops yeah. limping and just walk and just steps into the car. What a fucking amazing villain! You're like, hell yeah. yeah, I'm glad he got away, even though he was a total piece of shit in the movie and now in real life. Right. And who turns knows? out he was holy shit. Kevin Spacey was Kaiser Sose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he literally. Oh, oh, this got so much more real. So much less likable Kaiser all right well fuck i can't say kaiser Sose now uh are you guys able like i i have this like debate with my friends are you guys able to separate the character from the human being like would you watch usual suspects again if it was on like tbs or something i actually have because uh same my default app on my on my new TV in my office is like Tubi or whatever the fuck it's called, okay. where just there's stations that just pop up, yep. and there's one that plays classic movies. And Usual Suspects popped up like two months ago, and I it was just I was turning the TV on and that yep. was on, and then I was like, well, never mind what I was gonna do. Yeah. Now I'm watching Usual Suspects. So it's as a I was great fucking movie, right? yeah. As I was watching but, it, it was it was characters, right? Yes. But still, I guess it depends. I wouldn't turn on Usual Suspects probably because I. 
me internally, I'd be like, I don't want to see Kevin Spacey. Sure. But the fact that it was on, I didn't care. Yeah. yeah so it's like it one depends. of those rewatchable kind of... Uh, yeah, it depends who it is. You're like right? in this scene. Mm-hmm. I See, I, I, I actually had this discussion last night with my wife because I put on a Chuck Berry record. Uh-huh. And I hate the fact that, like, I don't know... I'm still struggling with how to separate the art from the artist, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that is, that is a hard thing to try and figure out. Yeah. And to me, I, I guess I feel more comfortable, like, knowing the art exists and probably owning it already. So I've already spent the money on it. I can, I, I can still listen to a Michael Jackson song and feel happy. Yeah. I can still listen to that Chuck Berry record and feel happy. Yeah. But if I talk about why I like either one of them, I start feeling awkward. Yeah. Like, Are you dancing to like an R. Kelly song at a friend's wedding? I, I can't tell you how many times. Like, yeah. uh, obviously, like now that all the details are out, it's a lot weirder. But it's not like I didn't fucking know what was going on with Aaliyah, right? And how many times did I play Ignition Remix, right? Like, not only was I a DJ, I was also a fucking wedding DJ. I've played that song thousands yeah, of you. times and watched <laughs> thousands of people dance. We were in such denial, though, yep. at the time. And when, when we talk about the innocence of the 80s and the 90s, it included shit like I'm that. I'm going to go ahead and say like, I was nah. not. I knew. I, I freely admit. Yeah. I knew no. what was going on with Aaliyah. And I still just, like, shook it off. Cause like whatever, you I know. I think like, we all knew, and we just like didn't talk about it. It was yep. it was oh, yeah. uh, you know sort of a neither here nor there proposition. Music, like, like musicians always got a free pass for betting minors, right? Like, <laughs> so many of them, it was like, oh, you're a musician, you have carte blanche, and it's fucking shocking that we used to yeah. allow that to be the case. And and the 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 weirdest part for me is trying to figure out where to draw the line, right? Yeah. Like. Elvis, horrific. Jerry Lee Lewis, horrific. Chuck Berry, horrific. Like, the more people that you list that are the foundations of what we listen to as rock and roll, kind of awful. And then you go, okay, well, how about the next generation? Most of them, also terrible. John Lennon, great songwriter, horrific human being, especially in his treatment of women. Mm -hmm. Like, it just keeps going. And really, the problem that I have, and I'm not excusing any of their behavior... The problem that I have and that I've tried to realize is I can appreciate the art like Picasso. I mean, the farther you go back, the worse it gets. Jackson Pollock, yeah. fucking mm. horrific, you know? Right. In every, Roman Polanski, Woody Allen, like it just, the mm-hmm. list goes on. Mm-hmm. If you take the art outside, I can still appreciate most of it. But if you look at the human being, I can't support it. And I think that's where yeah. I feel... Yeah. is like a, a medium but like i don't even know if i feel comfortable in that that's like trying to be like no i'll stand up straight in like quicksand you know like i don't know how much i feel about that because i'm so tied to so much of that art that i liked before i really knew like what the fuck was going on you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know like how, where where do you land on yeah, that i i kind of fall like on in the same place sure as you um like i watched goodwill hunting like the other day, right? And Harvey Weinstein's a fucking monster. Right. But is it a good movie? Yeah. It's a, it's a good movie, and I, like, still watched it. So I, I don't know where I fall yeah. fall there, but, uh, I mean, there's, there's definitely certain people where you're like, well, I can't. There's, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I can't support you. 
Right. I mean, could either of you watch a Woody Allen movie? I can if he's the star. He's the star in every one of his fucking movies, pretty much. Midnight in Paris, he's not in at all. He's just in, love, he's in so many movie. of them. Yeah, and love I still movie, love that movie. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's, yeah, but I tough. agree with you. Like, I tried watching Annie Hall. Because with Weinstein, he's not visible, at least. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. right. So it's, yep. And I guess sometimes with music, you don't see him, but... I, I, I have I have trouble if I hear if I am Michael Jackson I just think about like blocking bolts and you know instantly I'm like yeah. fuck mm-hmm. like no but I do understand for a lot of people the connotation is different like they don't relate they don't relate to the oh, negativity hold on, hold on will you hold the microphone over that no, I'm gonna video this so oh you, yeah you, Quam you're gonna have to do some talking here that's Wait, hold on am I gonna <laughs> man man Let, let's get this next question out because we want to make this extra complicated yeah. <laughs> Oh, and this is your question, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to bust it out. And then you can tell me what to pour, because I can pour it, since you're already doing All right, yeah. 30 things. <laughs> okay, so question number four. Oh, this is a good one, because you're amidst preparing uh, these fantastic fucking dumplings. Just so you guys know, with, with the headphones on, you can hear it, like, snapping and popping. Yeah, oh, that's, baby. That's, that's what you want. So... Peter, name a name a food experience that is is hard to get into as Saturday Night Dumpling Club that gives you personal joy whenever you're able to score some. So I'm talking about something that makes you giggle like a little kid, you know. So uh, whether whether it's like a table that's hard to reserve or a food ordering system, the the thrill of the chase, like what what thing do you really yearn for that like when you get it, you're like, oh fuck yeah. Ooh. I mean, most recently in the past year, it would have had to have been like Rachel's pasta. Yeah, you know, dude. And that, and that, Shout honestly, out. she has been like the inspiration for I feel like a lot of cottage food industry people. You know, she kind of gave you like permission to make food out of your house, sell it on Instagram, and then just say fuck it, let's see where this goes. You know, so I give a lot of credit to her and to her, you know, credit she has like blown up, right? Absolutely. To the point and where with, it's, with good reason. Yeah, yeah. And her pasta is amazing. Um and I can't wait until she comes back. You know, she just had a kid. Of course. Um and uh, I was wondering where she went because yeah. I hadn't seen her post her uh pop ups in a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I would I would say that and I have to think of like Something there's there's one other one. Uh, there is, and I and I forget the name, but you guys like know what egg tarts are, yeah, right? And like dim sum, mm-hmm. there is like a really famous place in San Francisco. There's like three sisters. It's on the edge of Chinatown. I forget what it's called. I'll I'll find it. You can put it in the show notes. Sure, but, sure. Um, they make the best. Chinese egg tarts. Oh, There's a I little like so stopper at the top there, right here. Yeah. There you go. Um, but they're always out of town. They make so much money there. They have a line out the door every single day that they will literally leave for like three months in the summer. They own their own shop. That's so dope. And they'll have just an A4 piece of paper that says we're in Hong Kong until august oh sorry my God. i love that that is so exists. baller 
and it's it's just a rat's nest in there. <laughs> there's mad there's people everywhere. There's nothing clean about no, it. Just no. boxes stacked up to the ceiling, and it's it's just the best. At, and that's all they sell. It's like a little Chinese pastry shop. And that's, where's this located? And that's SF, yeah, San Francisco, oh. like right on the edge of like Chinatown. My friend, oh, my friend Scott. I, that's took my us favorite there. Chinatown. Oh, San Fran God. Chinatown fucking rules. Yeah. Marty and I had a blast there like four years ago. There's a place there. It's new. It's called Mr. Jews. Oh my God. Incredible. Like modern Chinese cuisine, but honoring the classics. Like everything they do is just on point if you're ever in town. Dude, I recommend it to all my friends who go to San Fran. I'm like, I, go to Mr. Jews. I want to pretend that I'm listening to you, but I'm just watching Peter pull these dumplings. The out smell, of his yeah, the pan. smell is and intoxicating. I, it's I kinda, can't, it's yeah. Hard to, <laughs> it's, it's really hard to, to concentrate. Right <laughs> Oh my god, this is amazing! The lights getting low too. The sun's going down. It's yeah, getting, it's I was getting real romantic. I was kind of thinking here. like I should turn the lights on, but then I'm also like, this is kind of hot right now. <laughs> uh, can I go the complete opposite direction with my answer? Because uh, it literally just happened. Someone smelled the dumplings and just broke in. <laughs> yeah, it literally just <laughs> happened yesterday. Um, my wife and I, uh, for three years running. Uh, have been trying to get slash debating getting every year. It's just dependent on like where we're at financially. Uh, tickets to uh, Noma in Denmark's. Oh fuck um, you! Their vegetarian like meal. It's it's. Dude, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. Whatever. No, no, no. I, I I get that. Like, no matter what, if you can get tickets, cool. Okay. We've talked about this for a long time. We've I yelled been... "fuck you" because I feel like you bringing this up means you're going. <laughs> no, no, no. We <laughs> we we missed out this again. Is the year. <laughs> <laughs> we missed out again because I was I was out of town, and uh, and she pump faked and was like, "Yeah, maybe not." <laughs> and uh, it's that's not a that's not a knock on her by any means. Uh, she has been the driving force for reminding me that we should do this. And really the, the fear this year was that we've heard that the EU was going to let people in, but yep. it still hasn't happened. Yep. And the last oh. thing on earth we wanted to do was to get those reservations and then find out we couldn't go. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd yeah. be brutal. Uh, yeah. We, uh, two years ago, I was in Europe for my 40th birthday and we actually had the opportunity to get a six top, but we couldn't find people to fill it. And we just didn't have the money because of the money we had spent on the trip. We didn't have the money to be like, yeah, we'll just cover a six top for like two or three of us, you know? Uh, So it's going to happen, but we've gotten, we've gotten close two years out of the last three. And I feel like is it a lottery system? They post, Hey, tickets are going to go on sale. And it's much like your Instagram. Uh, it's it's basically like, hey, tickets go on sale right now. If you can get in, fucking good on you. Yeah. And if you can't, well, see you next yeah, time. Yeah. But yeah. I love the fact it's the dumpster <laughs> out back. Yeah. I love the fact that uh, that she is so excited about doing like the vegetable chorus and mm-hmm. trying to figure that out. Like I think that that's fucking great because we're trying to like we're trying to do more fish and more vegetarian mm-hmm. in our lives. And I do, I agree with her. Like, if somebody's going to show me how to look at vegetables in a new light, it's going to be Remy. It's going to be his staff. It's going to mm-hmm. be that whole thing. Wait, we missed our shot. Oh, mm. shit. 
because mm, that was well, supposed to be for. I got distracted by the smells. I'm eating dumplings. I'm like, Plum, be as long-winded as you want this time. I mean, <laughs> no yeah, that's fine. Well, I mean, eat like drink this with the dumplings. Like this, yes, well, like goes with Chinese right. food, the best. But uh, this is also from Xi'an. It's the same uh, liquor house as the last one that okay. we had. So it's still Xifeng, but it's 20 year. It's aged a little bit longer, mm, and it's knows. higher proof. Do you do you have any idea what it's aged in? I think terracotta. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. Similar profile, but mm-hmm. a lot more depth. Yep. Yeah, I'm chewing on Mike. <laughs> I want everybody to hear. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Yeah. If anyone's oh like me and doesn't god. know you, that will be very upsetting. Mm-hmm. For yeah, for the listeners, we are eating uh, the pork Ooh. and ramp dumplings. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Dead air. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just yeah. dancing right now. I'm literally <laughs> chair dancing. Okay. Oh. Do you, do you want to continue on your point, or should I answer so you can chomp? Because <clears throat> you were saying you're trying, to, you're trying to get the reservation, right? Yep. The Noma. Yep. I will just say we will continue to try. For sure. And I'm hoping that two years ago, <laughs> thank you so sure. much. Kind of love Peter hitting us with some paper towels because we're just some messy bitches. <laughs> uh, two years ago, or I guess technically three years ago now, uh, we had already spent too much on our trip and just couldn't make it work. 2020, fuck off. 2021, we just weren't sure. 2022, it's basically sealed now. I don't care what I have to do. I don't care what, I t- what time I have to wake up in the morning. We're going to do it next year. Cool. I, I just need to go. Oh, yeah. I, that is my obsession. So it's not a thing that I've been able to do. But it's my favorite thing because for three straight years, my wife and I have come together about a st- Stupidly expensive, like, like idea, but something that we both just really want to do. And so this is this is more anticipation than correct. actual satisfaction. Correct. But like each year that knowing how exciting it's going to be when you do actually each get year it hasn't worked out. It's gotten mm-hmm. more exciting, and she's never been to Denmark, and I really want to show her that. And then that means that we will also then yeah. get to go back to Norway. Yeah. So the whole thing is, it's all very very secular. But Charles, uh, go ahead and talk so I can just fuck up these dumplings. Do it. So my answer will come as no surprise to anyone who knows me in real life. The answer is Ashaval. So the Ashaval burger is the greatest yes. burger on planet Earth. No question whatsoever. If you want to argue with me about it, save your breath. There's no <laughs> argument. I'm basically uh, a Trump supporter when it comes to the Ashaval burger. <laughs> you will not change my mind, okay? The Ashaval burger fucking rules and it's not something that you can't get it's just hard to get is it only available on their late night menu no 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 okay. uh, it's okay. always been available so here's when it was only just gotten it, like just hammered just fucking a yeah uh, anytime you anytime you want that burger it's there for you believe me so it used to be that they'd be open until 1 p.m for lunch and then they would open again for dinner, I believe at 4 or 5 p.m. I don't know because I've never got it for dinner. So my whole scenario was I got the Auschwitz burger many years ago mm-hmm. uh, when I 
originally heard about it and this burger is sweeping the nation and that whole yep. shit. I went to Chicago. I got the Escheval burger. Blew my mind. I was like, whoa, what is this? And then all these other many, many hundreds of restaurants around the United States, including in, in the Twin Cities where we live here in Minnesota, uh, restaurants started to um, otherwise like fancy restaurants would have this greasy diner style smash burger no frills yep so they got rid of most of the rabbit food and it was a thin patty instead of like a a fatty patty yep smash to hell american cheese instead of cheddar so very no frills and then you know like an aioli you can do like the you can add breakfast if you want so some have the egg and the the bacon when i go to ashaval all i've ever had is the double which is the standard order actually the Mm -hmm. regular um two patties uh, American cheese on each, their um, mustard aioli on the bun, and then their thick up bacon and a perfectly fried egg upside down on the top bun, which they put on the other side of the plate. And it's fucking perfect. Absolutely perfect. The bun, perfect chew, nice and crispy on top. You absolutely cannot beat it. For seven years after the first time I had the burger, every time I'd go to Chicago, I would be hammering on the gas pedal, leave at 7 a.m., try to get there before lunch and get my name in. And without fail, every time I went, I missed out. Like, nope, too bad. These days, there's Auchival and Small Cheval. So there's, like, the secondary location. I still, I've never been to Small Cheval, but there's just, like, the, the, the original location is like church for me. Yeah. Now they're open all day. So you can get in. It's just going to take a while. The last time I had one was my bachelor party where me and 24 of my closest friends went to Chicago. <laughs> and we weren't all there, but a good, because it, it was right when everybody arrived. I was like, meet me at Oshaval. I'm getting that motherfucking burger. I've been dieting. I need that burger. 24 people showed up to Oshaval. No, that, that was the whole... <laughs> There was 25 of us for the whole trip, but that was like, if you arrive early on the Friday, meet me at Oshaval. And it was like a dozen of us at that point. And we put our names in in clusters and they were like two hour, three hour wait. And everyone was looking at me like, Charles, for real, are we going to wait three hours? I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'll sit here all night. I'm eating the Oshaval burger. And uh, they all stuck with me. And I was like, dude, if they say two to three hours, it's going to be like 40 minutes. Because <laughs> everyone, they expect people yep. to maybe order other things, but nah, man, everyone's oh, yeah. sitting down there. Give me the Elcheval, give me a cocktail or a beer, and they're out. So we went next door, I believe it's called Lone Wolf, something Wolf. Yeah, it's, it's like a Lee Floyd's bar. Yep. Yes. That bar fucking rules yep. too. Yep. And uh, the time before that, that I went, I drank, they, they called my name so quick, I had to slam a zombie dust. It was full. I was like, go, 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 go. That's fine. That's fine. Right? Oh, yeah. There's nothing. That's before, probably before it was available here. There are worse things than slamming a fucking zombie dust. So just the satisfaction of when they call your name, you get that call oh, yeah. and you're like, you bought some, it's like a little kid. It's like you, your mom agreed to buy you that box of cereal. That's how I feel with Alshaval <laughs> when they're like, your table's ready, you know, if that picks up, <laughs> rub that your fucking hands up together, like bounce great. up and down, slam the rest of your beer at Lone Wolf, go next door, you walk up to the podium, they're looking at you like you're the geekiest motherfucker around because you're so giddy like yes hello i'm the guy you just called i'm gonna eat a chafal burger <laughs> and then sit down and get that thing and then do the video of the egg pouring over everything mama mia that's it that's it for me there's, there's never been a time that i didn't love like the the egg when you cut it open it always pours out like i don't know how mm-hmm. the fuck they're that good at that mm-hmm. yeah they're perfect but i'm gonna taste i'm gonna say two sacrilegious things number one 
the greatest place, the greatest part about Ocheval is the fact that they have a reel-to-reel that plays the music. Mm. They literally make their own reel-to-reels that are eight hours long, that are songs flowing into each other that make sense for eating like the That's richest, amazing. most buttery burgers ever. Yeah, the place is sexy, man. I, I, I spaced out for probably half an hour at my table because I was so obsessed with just the fact listening. that there was, there was no break. So it's like, your fault someone didn't get a burger yep. that day, huh? And, and I, do, I do know for a fact, uh, I, I've, I, it's been a lot of time, but I finally figured out who it is that makes that, and he is now one of my favorite DJs on earth. I love him to death. I'm going to keep that secret to myself. Uh, and then, Charles, I'm just going to go ahead and say I love you, but the bologna sandwich with the egg, it's better than the burger. I finally had it at your behest and a couple other people. I nah, love it. man. Sorry. And, and that's just an agree to disagree. Here's, here's what I told Is you at the time. Is it also at Ocheval? Yeah, they yep. have, it's fantastic. But they do. Really had a bologna sandwich. They make their own bologna, yeah. and they thin deli slice, slice it. it. Okay. And they, they literally sear it on the same flat top as the burger. Yeah. Okay. And then they do a little cheese, and then they do the same egg. That sounds good, too. And, man, I... I'll just tell you, I'll tell you what I told you before I had it. The best bologna sandwich on earth cannot be better than the best burger on earth by definition. Understand, disagree. Okay, that's yeah, fine. That's, yeah, no, it's, it is subjective. That's, that's I'm, not, I'm not saying you yeah. can't have that no. opinion because, you know, I'm not going to yuck your, no, up, your yum, which someone yep. said to me the other day. My but, favorite dish at Ocheval hmm. is their roasted bone marrow with Ooh. beef oh, cheese. Oh, it's marmalade. so good. Oh, get the fuck out of here. It's so good. You have with to get toast that. Points, it's, you have to get it. It's insane. It's like a little sweet, but with like the big cuts of Texas toast. And that butter in the Texas toast, Dude. the way that commingles. Insane. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the closest. I will say that dish right there is the closest that I've gotten to porn in a public setting. And it's such a little amount of like beef cheek marmalade, but it's so concentrated. Oh, it's everything in one bite. It's everything in an entire cow Amazing. about Amazing. why I still yeah. eat meat. I love, I love that meat on meat proposition. There's a <laughs> place in Madison that does a puffed uh, beef tendon with marrow butter. They took it off the menu. God, I can't think of the name of the place. Puffed it's a butcher shop. Puffed tendon? Yeah, puffed tendon. So, like, obviously the same way you do chicharron. Yeah. But beef tendon that is, like, probably like boiled. And then... Yep, and then dried and then fried. And they do it with marrow butter. They dropped it from their menu. I can't think of the name of the place. I always forget the name because it's a very innocuous, like, modern-sounding... The something and the something. No, it's one word. I'll think of it. The reason it's not important is because it's not on the fucking menu anymore, Mm. but... Yeah. Every time I stopped in Madison, I was like, I got to go get that puff tendon. So you're dipping the puff tendon in marrow butter? Yes, please. Yeah. Amazing. I'm going to apologize for anybody that picked that up. I went straight Fred Witherspoon (laughs) on that. I refused to use the fork because I really wanted to lick that chili oil and chili crisp off mm. my fingers. I got some juices on can my we, can we Can we just talk about that, by the way? <laughs> the sauce? Because yeah. that dumpling is stupid delicious. Yeah. But that sauce. People have been God. pushing me to, to bottle, bottle the sauce. Mm. Yeah. 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 Just for the people that are listening... For our friends in Australia and the Philippines, yeah. our ever-growing crowd, which yeah. is wild. Um, what, what, what? How, God damn it. I'm stuttering Oceania, because yeah. that was so fucking good. Uh, yeah, it's just a dumpling sauce that uh, that I've made forever. It's like the base is black Chinese vinegar, 
Um, yes. You know, there's there's a little sugar in it. There's uh, a homemade chili crisp with like black beans. My parents bring back this like fresh ground chili from Xi'an. Oh. So that's kind of like the base for it. Um, there's uh, like scallions, um, uh, garlic, ginger, a bunch of other like aromatics, but uh, a little soy sauce. Uh, but it's a good balance, I think, of like spicy, sweet, savory. Um, sour, sour, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. a little acid, but it doesn't that's it doesn't beautiful. stomp on the flavors of the filling of the dumpling. Like no, that's the yeah, best part. No, it's a good compliment. It's, yeah, it like it almost like accentuates and accelerates all those yeah. flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, I, I did I did tell you, Peter, that I was doing the uh, the Momo chili crisp. So I'd add, I had your sauce and the, the Momo Chili Crisp. I was kind of alternating yeah. between the two yeah. of them. That was fun. Yeah. You know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yours works so much better with dumplings because it adheres so much better. Yeah. yeah. The Chili Crisp. I actually thought that the Momo, that was the first time I had the Momo Chili Crisp, even mm-hmm. though I had two containers in my pantry, mm-hmm. is with your dumplings. And yeah. I was like, you know what? It's not that good. But it's because I couldn't really get, I wasn't getting a lot of it on the dumpling because mm-hmm. all the solids just kind of fell. It's like oil, yeah. solid. Yeah. Yours is really nicely homogenized where you get all that goodness. You can kind of like make sure that you get yeah, some you on get each piece. Yep. So it, it works. It yep. actually works perfectly for the application. Yeah, the viscosity is incredible. And then there's this layer of, of acid that brightens up everything mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. Because with a pork filled dumpling, like you would definitely have like a, it, it, it is an unctuous, yeah. like sort of like full mouth feel. Yeah. And, that and it's cuts, fried, and yeah. you know it's got the oil to it, so it like kind of cuts through all the fat. That's it. Right. It cuts right through the fucking middle of all of the fat, and yeah. that it brightens up everything. Like it almost, literally, just drinking it by itself, you could see the difference between like where it brightened up the ramps while I was eating the dumpling, and then just by itself. Hey, here's where I am. That. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. That if that ever gets bottled, I will be your number one customer because <laughs> that you, is ridiculous. We're sure. working on it. Yeah. Uh, well, I feel like we should jump jump back into a question again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Instead yeah. of having you here for like a four hour episode. I don't think that question was that long. We were just hypnotized by the dumpling. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's true. Here's here's what's happened. Like for for twenty plus episodes, Charles and I have talked about how much we love like eating and cooking and then it happened and we all got hypnotized I, I love on it. the program. No, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was I'm I'm just a, the I'm first s- person to feed us on the program. First person hey, absolutely. Honored. Yeah, we got another pack coming so Oh, oh shit. Your belts. And we have we have an idea to talk to you about for a live show after this. Hey, all right. <laughs> hey, yeah, let's do it. Oh, dude, Peter plus Smashies. Come on. Hey. Uh All right, well is it all right if I, I threw out another question? Let's, let's get a bump. Let's, let's do get it. A bump. All right. But yeah, ask your question. And then... So as Charles is pouring this question, I, I thought, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of like delved deep into things. And then I thought maybe it'd be fun to kind of do something simple. So uh, basically looking at like 2020, it was rough on everybody. And you've come out with an incredible business concept that is taking off. Thank you. And it's been really fun to get to talk to you like mid-ascent, right? So uh, as, whether as deep as you want to go or as, as shallow as you want to go, 
I feel like as it's gotten warmer, being in Minnesota, like it's almost seemed a little bit more positive looking around. Mm-hmm. What's been your bright spot for the last couple months? Like what's made you feel like, hey, we're doing all right and we're going to make it? Uh, you know, in like Minnesota, it's like summers are like always something to look forward to, mm-hmm. right? Like we live by Lake of the Isles, so we're always around, we're always around the lake. So watching people like walk their dogs and more and more people come out, like me and my wife, Linda, we play tennis all the time on like the Kenwood courts Sure. and just seeing people come out. It's beautiful and down there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. So, you know, um, man, I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, that could be it. Like, just seeing people just out. Just seeing people come <laughs> you know, out. As weird as it sounds, like, and the, the first and time the in our And the weather lives. getting a little bit warmer and, you know, that kind of, like, turn of, like, spring to summer where, you know, you see more rollerbladers and bikers and walkers around. Mm-hmm. It It just kind of gives me hope that, like, people are still, like, trying. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, people are still coming out, and there's just, like, a little bit more hope in the air. And now with, like, restaurants at 75% capacity, you see the food trucks coming out again. You know, Whiffley's killing it at Abel. Um, you know, I just I just think that there's, there's some hope on the horizon. Um, everybody that I've talked to has been vaccinated. Um, you know, me and my wife are vaccinated, so it's, it's nice giving people like hugs again, you know? Um, so like those kind of little things kind of give me hope for, for for the next like six months for the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Like getting those little things. Sometimes those are the biggest things, you know, like figuring out where the building blocks are to where we go. Yeah. Like feeling like we have a solid foundation, I think is, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, yeah, Charles, where where are you at, man? It's yeah, it's difficult to pinpoint a specific thing right now because it it doesn't just feel like spring seasonally and and spring in Minnesota as it always is here in Minnesota. We're about to approach the reason the reason Art World mid May in Northeast Minneapolis is such a massive celebration isn't just the fact that it is the biggest art festival or festival of any sort in this history of human civilization that's a fact you can look that up fact but it's because that is the uh the the milestone or touchstone in our seasonal transitions in Mm -hmm. this place where it's warm season Mm -hmm. like for me it's you know it's to steal a shitty phrase it's t-shirt time you know mid-may you're like dude okay it's art of world it's it it is now warm season in minnesota minnesota's two seasons it's warm season it's cool season like that's that that's the reality we get about five months of good warm weather beyond the fluctuations that we've already experienced because we've had some nice warm days and we've had some cool days like we have today where i could hang outside and smoke a cigar but it might not be as comfortable as it would be in a couple weeks from now when I could wear a t-shirt, I could wear a hoodie. So for me, it's not just spring seasonally. It's also the spring of humanity right now. Mm-hmm. And I know we're going to have, we're going to struggle to reach the threshold that we need to reach for, um, 
for us to get to herd immunity for vaccinations because of people who are reluctant to do it. Go get vaccinated, by the way. Go get vaccinated. Do Go it. get vaccinated. Do it. Do it. But right now, like me and my friends, like being even being here at this beautiful dining and drinking and podcasting ping pong table, being here and having more of a sense of calm than I was able to have a month ago because everyone present currently is fully vaccinated and I can hug Quam if I want to. It's mm-hmm. it, it, it changes that dynamic considerably. There's a sense of ease. There's a tension in my shoulders that is released. So because of that, everything that's happening around me right now feels like the age of Aquarius. Like I'm, I'm just bounding with joy over everything that's happening right now the sun's shining more every day it's warmer i'm opening the windows my dog's losing his mind at every dog that walks by the house my cat's at birds uh i just got a fucking new jeep so i'm gonna get the top off that motherfucker on some sunny days let's go baby i saw that thing that thing yeah uh, I just got a new client like everything feels like it's humming right now if i gotta pinpoint one thing i'll say this last weekend was my brother tony's 42nd birthday we haven't been able to take him to movies which is he and i's favorite activity i love to take him out to the movie theater he's disabled you know the pandemic's been especially difficult on him i i recently uh like during the pandemic purchased a projector and a hundred inch screen and i was able to surprise him with a movie in the garage so i set up in a movie theater in his garage because we had 83 degrees last saturday here in minnesota and i was able to set up a movie for him and he was absolutely elated. My wife dressed up like an old-timey uh, movie usher with a little red tie and a paper hat, which she uh, graciously agreed to wear when I ordered it for her. <laughs> I got popcorn boxes, and we filled them up with popcorn. And then we queued up um, The Mitchells versus The Machines on Netflix, which, by the way, is highly fucking recommended. It is the best animated movie I've seen in years. And I actually had to text uh, our little text thread. Yeah. With the opera plot, Happy Hour Ladies, because of the question about animated movies yep. on that episode, that, that man, I was like, I might change my answer, my favorite animated movie, because of how fucking good that thing was. But anyways, if I have to pick one thing, it's that. It's getting warm. My brother's vaccinated. We're able to be together as a family and do activities like that. And, like, the best is yet to come. Everything, yep. I feel like yeah. we're finally reawakening. And that was, honestly, that was, that was my answer, was, was hope and hugs. Uh, I, I am, uh, for those of you that have never met me or seen me, I am a giant fucking grizzly bear, but, uh, all I want to do is like hug everybody platonically. I, it's the best feeling ever. I love it to death. And honestly, like I I was in Las Vegas when I saw the video of Tony and I got teary because I know how much that meant to you. And I was so like, I just love that idea that for going forward that you can throw movie parties and I would love to come hang out. Like I would love to bring people like we can all, we, as we get vaccinated and as things work, like we can start doing things together. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. what 2020 taught me was that we can do incredible things individually. And honestly, like looking at you as our guest, there's no single person that's embodied that better as, as to like what you've been able to do. And I love the fact that the entire culture is then embracing it as that's something that we need to do. And now, like, looking at my friends that have subscribed and looking Mm -hmm. at people that comment down, now I see people saying, like, oh, my God, 
like I can't wait to get these and have these couple people over and we can do that. Yeah. Like the origins of humanity were built around heat and food. And for whatever reason, we've gotten away from that and we will continue to get away from that because of everything else that we have going on. But we had a year that reminded us how much we need the circle around heat and food. And whether that heat is like our hearts or our hugs or body heat or that heat is an actual fire making the food, that to me is the thing that we got away from that I am so fucking happy we got back to. Like, I have cooked more in the last 14 months than I ever have at home. Same. And, like, I'm good at it. And Mm -hmm. I still didn't give a fuck about it. Mm -hmm. And it just reminded me how much more I love that. And I would gladly spend the same amount of money on ingredients Mm -hmm. than we would at a bar for, like, a couple burgers and some fries. Yeah. But to say, I put all this together for you. And there's that. And then I'm going to hug you because mm-hmm. we fucking can. And I had to find out for a year what it felt like to not hug you. And yep. that to me, like, I admit, I, I took that shit for granted. I could walk into just about any room in this city and somebody would come hug me and you're good. The minute that you can't do that, you realize how much you miss the people yep. that you fucking love yep. and how much that puts back into you. Yeah, what a weird thing to have taken away and not think about. Oh shit! We, oh, it's starting today. We yeah. just can't mm-hmm. hug people anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude. And also, none of you can see this, but Peter has put another round of dumplings into oh, yeah. the frying pan, and I am trying so hard to just not <laughs> lose my shit because <laughs> holy fuck! Peter, what kind so of these? What kind of we got going here? These we got uh, the Szechuan peppercorn beef. Onion and carrot. Dope. I couldn't get those yeah. last time because my wife, Marnie, struggles with Szechuan peppercorn because mm. it numbs her tongue. Oh, okay. But it's, it's, not, it's love it. not super numbing. So it's it's not like Szechuan cuisine where they throw a shit ton into sure. like okay. a like shuizhuyu, like the boiled fish dishes. Mm-hmm. So I, I soak, I uh, like infuse Szechuan peppercorns in like boiling water. And use that water to like, like add it to the beef. So it's it's oh. not like a numbing effect. It's more okay. just kind of like a background like sure. note. Yeah, because even like June in the North Loop mm-hmm. can use quite a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And Marnie will eat some yep. dishes, and and be like, "Wow, that tastes really good." And then she's yep. like, "Oh, that's that stuff's then, in there, isn't it?" Like, yeah, and then it numbs <laughs> yep. your tongue, yep. right? Which exactly. I love. I actually enjoy that because yeah. I'm like, there's yep. it, it's like an extra. Uh, sensory portion of of the the show the equation the dinner yeah so this it almost like accentuates like the savoriness of the filling then like numbs your tongue cool do you find that uh people like your everyday person is sensitive to that and it's part of the reason you did it that way or is this actually your preference for preparation this is yeah kind of like the traditional way that you know my mom and dad kind of made this type of like a beef filling cool yeah nice yeah so yeah um we're like two minutes away from more dumplings oh man i wish my life was always two minutes away from dumplings same that's a that's a good good way to live your life hey we should take a shot because we did not take a shot for question number five this is this is the red no name bottle red no name bottle cheers man cheers
So without giving away too many secrets, are you contemplating adding other items to your repertoire? Because we've even oh, yeah. messaged about mm-hmm. noodles and things of that nature. Oh, yeah. Um, we definitely want to play around with, like, wontons. Um, wontons were, like, a big part of, like, my growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Saturday mornings, like, in China when I went there and visited in the summer when I was a kid. Like, Saturday mornings were, like, wontons were, like, the brunch for, for us. Um, so you'd, like, wake up Saturday, Sunday morning, late go out like one of those low plastic stools sticky tabletop (laughs) you know like the big kind of pho bowl but it would have like a plastic bag over it so they wouldn't have to wash the bowl (laughs) (laughs) and then they would put just like 20 wontons and soup inside with just a shit ton of cilantro and that was kind of my jam like growing up so that has like a special place in my heart so like wontons for sure. I think we want to do that. Um, and then like steam buns, like bows. Mm, yes. Um, about, similar fillings. You but posted like, a couple of pictures too. Where yeah, we like, teased oh, it a little oh, bit, you know, yeah. and then just like everybody like starts asking about it. And yeah. we're like, oh, I don't know. Like if we're like, you know, we haven't like tested it that much, but definitely like that. And then there's like a handful of like Chinese street food things that I grew up with. Um, that I want to bring to Minneapolis because, like, there's literally, like, like, dumplings you can kind of, like, find, right? But, like, like, jianbingguoza, it's, like, a crepe wrapped in, like, a fried cruller with, like, an egg on top. Mamma mia. Um, I'm holding my hands in the air because I will be a test market all day long. I will pay to be a volunteer subject. No, it's insane. I mean, I, I can't, like, do it any justice describing it with words like you just have to like see it yeah it it sounds you know right yeah it's like a buckwheat crepe (laughs) you crack an egg over it it's it's made on like one of those like you know martina like crepe makers right yeah like a buckwheat crepe and then you crack an egg and you spread the egg over the egg cooks and then um you dust it with um like scallions and then you put like a cruller like a fried cruller and it's like a savory donut inside and then you just like fold it up and it's like a walking breakfast sandwich that that was like growing up like in china that that was like my breakfast the sun shining on your face just chomping on one of those fuckers oh jesus like last meal on earth kind of a thing like that's what i'm starting with (laughs) absolutely you know so like like, I want to bring that to Minneapolis. You know, yeah. like, my mom's kind of, like, figured out the recipe over the years of, like, living in China. Like, yeah. getting close to, like, street vendors. Yeah, you know, sure, she's, like, sure. super personable. And so she's like, so, you know, like, what do you put in your, you know, what do you put in your mix? Yep. Just squeeze in there, get a couple tips. And they're like, oh, just a little buckwheat. And she's like, oh, so, like, how much buckwheat? You know, she gets like, one tip per visit. Yeah, yeah exactly. You <laughs> oh know, God. I would gladly do that anywhere. <laughs> hey, I, got, I got a question for you. This is a controversial question, Ooh, Peter. Yep. Mm. What's it going to take for us to get some good Xiaolong Bao in this motherfucker? Xiaolong oh, <laughs> Bao, I, I don't know, man. Like soup dumplings, like they don't freeze well. 
So first right. of all, like they're not going to be frozen, you know. Okay. Because you are. So it's like it's gelatin, you're making right? gelatin. But yeah. Okay. So you what's make, the problem with freezing it if you can impart that? The the skins of a good xiaolongbao are like super thin. Um, and the filling the crack is, when you freeze them? is really big. Yeah. So oh, sure. when you freeze yep. them, like, I don't know, like, like a, I don't use a blast chiller or anything like that, right? So it's just like a normal freezer. They usually, like, the skin freezes before the filling is, like, is frozen. Mm-hmm. And usually the, fro- the filling, because there's so much liquid inside, it'll expand, Sure. So it'll okay. bust the so skin crack open, it. and then oh, when you damn. go to steam it, like all the liquid will drip out. That, that helps to explain that no one here, no, no one here has a good one. You know, like dim sum places have them, but it's not the same. It's almost like chunky in the middle. The best yeah. places, literally, it's like four Asian grandmas They're making it to order, making them to order. Right. Oh, like, it's so like the most incredible thing. Yeah. Just that bursting in your mouth, you yeah. burning your fucking the roof of your mouth and your tongue. Un, it's it's impossible to beat. Go ahead, Kwame. Were you? Oh say? yeah. I'm, uh, actually, will you just video, hold man. the? Will you hold the microphone over that? Because that's. Oh, that's so sexy. That's so perfect. <laughs> even better. Love it. That's even better. We dipped. We dipped the mic in. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, that's perfect. Oh yeah, because it slides out there. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so we, we dipped a mic in the dumplings. That's fine. No, you know what? Whoever's got that mic from now on. It's going to be, well, I mean, yeah. Uh, Charles, the other thing to, like, so I got on that dumpling tour that I told you about, mm-hmm. I got super obsessed. And I was yep. like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Yep. The other thing that sucks is if you don't have a blast chiller, if you're going to make them, like, last longer, um, as everything freezes, the fat... And the flavor in the broth will separate. Yep. And then the water will push out farther. So whatever you do, you'll end up with like the basically bouillon pushing through the top, like through the twist. Yeah. And then you have like that ice kick out to the side. So like even... I mean, in theory, using the gelatin is supposed to like homogenize it and make it freeze all at once. But mm. but if your freezer isn't cold enough, it it won't work. Yeah, like unless you're like flash chilling it. I there's got to be a number of good reasons why no one no yeah. one does it. Like nobody does. Yeah. It. yeah. But yeah. Uh, Mandarin Kitchen. I don't know if they still do it. This is mm-hmm. three or four years ago. But Mandarin Kitchen dim sum in Bloomington mm-hmm. used to literally. That was the one thing that they made to order. Was they would send out one single steam basket. Yep. And if you got them, oh. good on you. Yeah. If you didn't. And that's the only place for dim sum or any kind of like handmade dim sum, right? And like people drive there and you like ask anybody. So there's like two places. I like Yangtze too. Yeah. I like Yangtze. It's, it's close. It's in like Golden Valley Mm -hmm. and it's like close enough, but like, Mandarin Kitchen. yeah, I think Mandarin kitchen, if you're like, you know, taking people out or if like you actually want like some good dim sum, like I don't think Yangtze comes like close that's just my opinion. But there's, like, two places in Minnesota where, like, Chinese Americans and Chinese people, like, go to, like, hands down, like, the only places. The first one is Mandarin Kitchen for dim sum. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
The second one is House of Wu for Peking Duck. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's that's it. That's that's the bar and like everything else is just like Yeah, like nobody I else. I just don't want to drive to fucking Shakopee to buy an $18 duck. For sure. Just right? no one here can do Peking Duck <laughs> either. Yeah. yeah. I wait to go to Chicago and I go to Sanwa. Mm-hmm. Like if I That's that's the only place in oh, Chicago. Sunwa. Dude. That's, unbeatable. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. It's like $35 for the whole fucking feast. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's dirt and cheap and it's fucking amazing. Perfect. And the service is spot the fuck on. Like yeah. everything about the ex- yeah. entire experience is amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's so pretty. All right. Should we finish it? Yeah. Let's. Well, let's get one more shot. Let's get a round of dumplings. There, I, uh, Charles, you're asking. I'll pour it. And we'll ask the most controversial question yet. <laughs> I'm going to wait till. Uh, well, I'll, I mean, I'll ask it, and then I'll let, I'll let, I'll let Peter mull it over. So. Yeah, I'm into that. So, question number six. This one's interpretive, so choose whatever platform or device you like, but how long is your block list? (laughs) Your list of people you've blocked. It doesn't have to be an actual number. It can just be like. Uh, I think it's like. You can yeah, you can wait to get back to the mic yeah, to yeah, answer. Me, me... I'll buy some time. <laughs> yeah. So the the reason okay the impetus for this was I recently reconnected with a friend, yeah. who was formerly not a friend because he was a major dick at Bachfest in New Ulm. He missed the bus and then he got mad at the rest of us and he had a big shit fit after the fact and we ended up uh a lot of us ended up just not talking to him anymore he might even be listening to this now because we're we're homies again but i don't yeah i don't hold grudges or anything it was just at the time we just stopped talking and then we haven't talked since and uh now we're cool again because he reached out and it's like yeah no big deal all right it's cool but i had to look at my block list to unblock him (laughs) and i was like oh shit there's like so I'm answering the question right now, at least in terms of Facebook. I was like, oh, shit, there's like 20, probably 20 people, sure. 20 people on here. And every time you go on there, you do actually comb through. I don't even yeah. know who most of them are. Yeah. I'm just like, who the fuck are who, I'm so who jealous of you. You know, who is that guy? Like, I don't, I don't know who that is. And it just inspired this question because I was like, that's funny to think about. Like, it's not about how long your, your list is, but if you can refer to why you had to block people, sometimes you actually do see a random name and you're like, Oh yeah, I had to delete that or block that person because of this particular situation. I don't remember most of mine, but I'm curious if you remember any of yours. You want to go? I don't have, I don't think I have anybody on my block list. Aside that's impressive. From like, so much that's impressive. Than aside from like, you know, I'm a Russian single in oh, your okay. area kind of a thing. And Is I, I me friends. I would like to be friends you. I don't I don't fuck with Facebook. It's just like Instagram. Like I try not to get on social 
a lot, but okay. you know, with the dumpling thing, it's kind of like necessary. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like nobody on the block list, but there's definitely people that have like muted that. Okay. You know, it's just it's just content that it's I like don't a new block say. list. It's like a new block you know, list. It's just like like weird fitness content. That's just constant. Why do you keep asking? If I, I don't need to see. You know, it's like you doing squats again in front of the mirror. Like, just do your fucking workout. Get away from me. Yeah. So it's it's like more of that stuff and less just like people approach me that I like need to block. God so. damn it! I'm so jealous. My my shits. I don't know. I got. So like, you sound like you have name. like you we're have my, a list. Where am I? Yeah. You have no block list. I have a block list that I don't even recognize, yeah. except for probably yeah. actually my friend that I just released from it. And then Quam's like, "Hold on yeah. a second. Uh, yeah, it's uh, oh, it's gross. Oh boy. Uh, I'm like I'm pretty. I'm I'm also like really political. So like on especially on like Facebook and Twitter, I'm I'm pretty aggressive uh, about how lefty I am. So there's a bunch of people that I had to mute because they were like, I'd rather see black people die than a liberal get elected. And you're like, okay, wow, I went to high school with you. Let's never talk again. Yeah, bye. Uh, so that's like a, a big chunk of it. And uh, yeah, there's some, oof, there was some, there was some wild, weird people from the nightclub era that were also, uh, it just... Like, people that just kind of spun out, where you're like, oh, yeah, we hung out for a while, and you seem normal, but we hung out in, like, public situations where, like, I didn't have to actually get to know you, and then, oh, shit, like, we became friends, and it got really weird. Turns out, yeah, I wouldn't have been friends with you if I yeah. knew everything about you. Uh, and then there's, like, the high school contingent of, like, the people that are like, Trump is Jesus' son, and I'll never have to take a vaccine because I got the blessings of Jesus. Like, that whole group of people, which my actual, my only aunt on my dad's side is a part of. Uh, yeah, you're, you're good. Right. I, I don't... She said I'd rather choose Joe Arapio over you, so that's kind of where we're at there. Uh, Wait, so... Somebody who had to get a... Aunt, let me ask you. Yeah. Go you ahead. block your aunt. I did. Okay. She's, no, th- th- I'm literally <laughs> only speaking of people okay. that I have completely blocked. Wait, so is a lot of it? Is, so is a lot of it family too? Or uh, no, there's only one actual family member. All right. There. There's a lot of other people that I've known, like from like people from like high school and college that I thought were family because I'd known for a long time. But I was like, oh no, you're super open to racism and fascism. So mm-hmm. yeah, why do I have to feel like I know you? No, get the fuck out of here. Well, here's my question: Is do you like what's the difference between like just unfollowing somebody? And like blocking them. I know that they can see that you like unfollowed, but like for me, mm-hmm. if like I don't jive with the content that you're putting out, like I'll just straight up unfollow you. I don't give a fuck, right? Like I don't need to like just block you. Like yes, just, you just keep doing what you're doing. Like I'm not for sure. I'm not there for it. The difference between me and like what you were saying about your interaction with like Facebook and shit. Mm-hmm. I bring my problems on myself because I, because I post, I post a lot. Yeah. Like the idea of like, honestly, going back to MySpace, 
the idea of Facebook for me mm-hmm. was like, I have really weird ADHD thoughts that pop into my brain all the time. Mm-hmm. And through MySpace, I figured out if I just like threw them out randomly, like, oh, then it's off my chest. Like, it's like, it's like micro therapy mm-hmm. where I just have to talk about it. I don't need like somebody to tell me like, well, I feel like if you went to bed earlier, maybe that would. No, we're all good. Like, I have a random thought. And then once I kick it out, I don't have to think about it anymore. And I'm good. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I can get like little fucking hormone hits when other people either like or hate. Because to me, the vibe is the same. Like, really? if people interact, like, it's... It, the interaction is the dopamine hit. It's a, very, it's, it's a very common thing for people with ADHD. It's any interaction because it means somebody is shaking a thing, and I'm like, oh, now I can look at that. <laughs> uh, and so, to okay. me, the dopamine is the same. Like, I yeah. love when I post something and a lot of people like yeah. it, and a lot of people say, hey, yeah. I identify with that. That, to me, in my heart, feels amazing. Do you ever just throw shit out there to stir the pot? All the fucking time. Oh, my God. I have, I have close friends of mine that don't follow me on Facebook anymore. They, like, they don't like block me, but they just unfollow me because yeah. like, every yeah. time I say anything on a thread of yours, there's 200 comments that I have to fucking listen to. So, to me, it's, I, I even have a bunch of weird-ass right-wingers in my feed. There are a couple of people that I spar with on a regular basis. That honestly, sometimes I wish I could actually punch in the face. Oh, that but, sounds like such a headache. Right. But, but sometimes I want to go through the exercise of like, do I really believe the things that I believe? Mm. And the only people that can actually get me to do that exercise are people who are like, racism doesn't exist. The virus is gone. No one doesn't like Asian Americans. Black people <laughs> have always been fine. Like, I have to actually argue that with people Mm -hmm. because I have to keep myself understanding, A, what are their new weapons? And then B, do you really believe it? And if I can do more of that to me, like I, I follow, I will, I'm, I'm, this is the first time I think I've ever given another podcast that wasn't a guest on here, some props. Okay. There's, There's a podcast called Knowledge Fight. They are on episode 500 and I think 14. Wow. And all they do is record an episode of Alex Jones Infowars and break down how fucking stupid it is and how wrong it is. Okay. I listen to that podcast because I have to know. It's a whole series. Yeah. With hundreds of episodes. Like 500 episodes. Yeah. Like they do two episodes a week because they're so obsessed with this. Wow. And I have to, like, I have to know, like, what's going on. But when you don't, <laughs> I don't know how to say this better. When you're, <laughs> when, you're, when you're racist, when you're nationalist, when you're disgusting, but you also don't think about it and you're just like, I don't know, brown people, that's when you get blocked. If you are still trying to come up with, like, random quotes from Abraham Lincoln to justify why you don't like immigrants. I love to try and spy around because I also feel like if I'm going to believe the things that I believe, I have to know how to argue it. Sure. And so the blacklist for me is like really, really awful. Like basically if you say some really homophobic shit, if you say some really racist shit, or if you say it's okay that anybody should die because their skin color isn't the same as yours. You, like we're done. That that's it.
But if you go through my friend list, there's probably... Like some controversial people in there's, there? There's like 50 people where like... Yeah. If I wanted to apply for a political job, there would be somebody that would be like... Hey, uh, real quick, before we go through this, like, why yeah, are, are you friends with these guys? These are troubling. <laughs> and I would straight up say the same thing. I, I, I think that that's also part of the problem, is that a lot of the people that are in power don't acknowledge anything that I think a lot of people side. suffer from, like, confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? for sure. So, like, what you're doing yes. with that, I, I think, you know, it's, it's an incredible exercise, but it's, like... It's really tough. Oh, it's exhausting. Mentally to, yep. uh, you know, go through that slog. The the only reason I, I'm convinced, and I could be wrong, absolutely, this is 100% anecdotal. The only reason I'm convinced that it works is because I get that dopamine hit from my ADHD brain, no matter which way it goes. Yeah, I couldn't, if you're, I couldn't do that, If man. you're confirming or you're against, I, I don't care. Like, yeah. ooh. There's interaction. Let's do this. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And if you're if you're positive, I'm just excited that there's somebody yeah. else out there that wants to do good in the world. Yeah. And if you're shitty, well. Are you are you more of an extrovert too? Oh yeah. I'm, yeah. It's disgusting. And Charles, are you an introvert or an extrovert? I am an ambivert. So I'm oh. I'm very much uh, sit in the middle. Well, I'm an extrovert, but I also need to recharge my batteries. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely an introvert. Like. Are you, I'm gonna go sit in a dark closet. Like after pretty, this. you feel like you're predominantly <laughs> introverted. Ah, uh, no, no. Like I can snap myself out of it. You sure. know, like I can. Not Most people, there's not like some kind of balance. My way through it. Mm-hmm. Like I need. I I know when I need to be extroverted, and I can kind sure. of like assume the role. Okay. But sure. You know, after dumpling drops, when I'm interacting with like a hundred nonstop, people. and it's like the same interaction. Yeah, you know? it's like, hey, how you do? like? And I'm like, I'm genuine with all of them, and I'm like super sure. happy to see customers mm-hmm. talking with them. Interacting, it's still like taxing. It's a lot of after I I literally need to like go home and be by myself. Just need to chill yeah, out, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I love discourse. Like, it's probably my favorite thing. I love to joust with people. Yes. Verbally, the problem with with modern day uh, communication interactions, particularly social media, is that there is no actual discourse. It's just people speaking over one another, yeah. and so I, I have no interest in doing it. No yeah. interest whatsoever. And usually, like if someone quarrels with me over something that I post on my own wall, which is among my friends, it's probably somebody that is you know connected with me, and they see it, and they want to quarrel with me about it. Mm-hmm. I just shut it down real quick. Mm-hmm. Like I just say something really definitively and firmly, and then I kind of I just I want it to end there. If it keeps going, sometimes sometimes I'll continue, but I do not have uh, the vigor for battle that I I once did or that Quam currently does. Just because people don't they don't want to they don't they want to they don't want to learn and educate and understand and like I people, can't engage in like social media like conversations. Yeah, when it like gets at all like convers like contentious. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, confrontational to- at all. Like it it just feels to me like a losing battle. <clears throat> my my. My, I mean, honestly, I was the debate kid that didn't have debate in high school. Like, we didn't have a debate team, mm. but that, that should have been me. Mm-hmm. And my weird turn on that is that while I will never, ever, 
I've still to this day never convinced the person that I was fighting with that they should feel the same way that I feel. I'll get five or ten messages from people who are like, I never thought about it that way, who never even commented on the thread, who never even liked any of the comments. It's other people that read that. And if that's... Like, I'm a fucking... I've said this probably on, I don't know, ten of the episodes. Like, I'm a fucking apex predator of privilege. Like, if I can't use my voice to talk about this shit and to fucking, honestly, push some people around that look similar to me Mm -hmm. out of their little shells to understand what's going on, cool if they don't get it. But if five or ten other people feel like somebody actually stood up and said something, maybe that gives somebody else the courage to say something else and whatever. Or maybe somebody just gets to feel better for a couple days. Right. Like, that... At the end of the day, I don't feel like if I'm just speaking my truth and what I see in the world, if that's the worst thing that I do, I'm fine with that. If somebody feels better about their lives or a little moment on social media, that's even better. And on top of it, if somebody, which it's very rare, but I've had a couple different times that somebody has said, hey, I showed this to my husband or I showed this to my wife. And honestly, like she's kind of changed the way that she feels about that or he's changed the way cool that's great i i know like it's not changing the tide but it's just saying i'm not gonna get fucking bowled over by it Mm -hmm. because i'm i'm exhausted by the silence of a lot of people that look like me and i don't feel like there's any reason not to except laziness i yeah and i appreciate you for that because your echo chamber appeals more to and you even i mean you've said it yourself it doesn't just necessarily have to do with like your race and and where you're from but your echo chamber is more people that when you say those types of things might have to consider what you're saying yeah than like someone like myself or perhaps even peter because i'm i'm friends with you know like i'm Mm -hmm. i'm a minority and i'm mostly friends with not necessarily by consequence, but by choice. I am friends with people who are like-minded and guess what? Like Arab people because I'm, yeah. I'm Mediterranean Middle Eastern person. I don't yep. actually make friends with people. Like you might accidentally make friends with somebody who is like big white guy. I'm also a white guy. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I, I just don't have, I don't encounter yeah, as many yeah, people yeah. like that, you know? So I, I, I will say that even though I love discourse, but I've essentially, I haven't retired I'm like waiting in the shadows and sometimes I come on <laughs> and pull out my nunchucks with hooks on the end. <laughs> but but I, I don't like to do it that much. That's a great callback. Sorry. But like because you still like to do it and and I I watch I see you do it. I'll jump on your thread sometimes with Absolutely. those nunchucks and swing them around a little bit. But I, I will say, so I have respect for that uh, in a different way than if I were to do it because I'm semi-retired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I can't imagine. Again, I've never had to carry the load. Like, the, at the end of the day, that's it. Like, the, there's never been a weight on my shoulders except the when I've tried to, like, look around to friends of mine and been like, hey, let's go here. So if the fact that I've been able to, like, walk free at this height for this long, then cool. Let's fucking, let's put some weight on my shoulders. Let's figure it out. Like, that's, there's no hero shit. It's just, if some, I, I still feel like if we look at like, if we look at how much representation matters, 
And if we're talking about, like, going back to our, our experience with Black Panther and all that shit, if that's what we're looking at, then why the fuck am I not going to try and say, okay, well, then I should be a loud-ass white dude shouting about shit. You know, like, it's, I, I don't have any dreams of grandeur that I'm going to change anything, but I want people to understand that it's not, it's, it's everyone should be fucking shouting about this. So let's take a lighthearted question and make it really serious. <laughs> no, hey, it, there's there are so many different reasons you can block people. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm when shit comes up, my finger's hovering over that block button. Like, <laughs> come on, just fucking uh-huh. say it, buddy. Say say some racist to me, I'll fucking block you. <laughs> anyway, let's take the weight off your shoulders and put it on your liver. Let's do one last shot. Yeah. Right. Cheers, Hold on. I'm going oh, to crush you, a double. You took your last bump. Okay. I did. Yeah, I did. Peter, I did. Peter jumped his route because actually you were supposed to take it before the question, and we didn't. I'm just following the protocol. Yeah. You're the only one. Okay. The co-hosts are not doing what we're supposed to fucking do. Hey. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Also, is... There's like a sweet note, and I feel like that's the Sichuan peppercorns. I don't, I don't know where it is it's in there. The beef but dumplings? It's the mm-hmm. carrots. There it is. I'm sorry. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. The carrots. Holy shit. The carrots inside. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about the dumplings. Yeah. I've never, yeah. I have, Give it a little sweet note. Yep. I have never thought about Beautiful. adding mm-hmm. that in, but like you got the, all of the savory and then the depth from that, the, mm-hmm. the chili. There's also a beautiful fuck. counterpart for the the beef Sichuan mm. uh, to Sichuan uh, peppercorn to the the pork and and ramp. Mm. They're like not opposite ends of the spectrum, but totally different flavor yeah. profiles. Yeah. Goes to show that if you order Saturday Dumpling Club, <laughs> here's here's my trick. God damn it, I shouldn't tell these people. Here's here's a trick. Open a yeah. tab for each listing, and then go Ooh. through each one and click Add to Cart. I can't believe I just gave the oh, trick away. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even know that trick. Because that way yeah. every listing is up, and you just go bang, 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 bang. You just go through all of them. I, I want to try and say it. Don't do <laughs> that. Right, right. But I'm just going to tell you right I'm now. I'm making your life easier because that's less people. Because then they get every bag. Oh, I'm telling man. you right now. Just do it. Yeah. I'm sorry. If you get the dumplings, you're the luckiest human being on earth. Call everyone you know and tell them that you won the lottery. Because <laughs> we are. Two different dumplings in, and I'm already just swooning at how fucking lucky make, we are. Make Peter's life easier. Order maximum <laughs> quantities of everyone, and then distribute them to your friends. Yes. So that, yeah, resale. Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't have to do the same song and dance every time people show oh up, my God. and he has a little yeah. more energy in the batteries. <laughs> but as as we're talking about it, as we promised at the beginning of the show, would you please just remind everybody again? how it works and how to get a, a piece of this because yeah. oh my god i want the world to understand how incredible <laughs> these dumplings are wednesday drops everything drops at 10 a.m we'll do weekly drops of dumplings uh find us at, on instagram saturday dumpling club uh on our website www.saturdaydumplingclub.com uh weekly drops on wednesday 10 a.m sharp and we do pickups around the city, different drop sites, uh, 11 to 2 p.m. Yeah. I got them from you in the parking ramp, and I was, you didn't have a name at the time, and I was like, you know yeah. what would be a great name? Yeah. 
parking ramp dumps. Yeah, yeah, we we definitely got a cease and desist letter from my association. Did you? They're like, you cannot operate a business in, uh, you know. Also, as somebody who was a DJ in downtown for 18 years, parking lot dumps. Not a not the same vibe. We have no. that. That means Parking something completely different. No hot, hot steamy dumps. No, <laughs> not, not oh, damn it. Hey, Actually, the, the first gotta... offense is fifty bucks, so I might just do one for old times. So I mean, let's do it and, and just pay the fine. And just no. have the fifty, like a crisp one. Yeah, kind of shows up, and you're like, yeah, it's a fifty dollar bill. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll have five hundred people roll through. It was pretty Saturday, suave. And it was, and that's it. it was pretty cool. You had your fucking tracksuit. You were coming off a fast or like just a just like a oh, health kick. I've been, I've been, right? dude. I've been, I've been dieting hard. I, that was like the only carbs. That was like the a only, cheat meal, right? Yeah, that's yeah. like the only carbs I'd had. Yeah, yeah. Like good Honor. carbs. For those of you that Ran are listening, time, it's the like, worst mm. being friends with Charles. Because he's, like, already super attractive and fit, and then he just got, like, shredded because he's like, I'm going to be Christian Bale. And I'm like, cool, I'll still <laughs> yeah, be, fucked up I'll still be like, your fat, funny friend that, like, they cut to every now and then and be like, there goes Charles again. Dude, if I had a steady stream of these dumplings, there would be no chance of me being fit whatsoever. That's fair. Uh, Peter, thank you so much again for being on the show. This yeah, was man. so fucking awesome. This is great. And uh, honestly, like, I can't say enough about the quality of what you have going on. Thank you. To everybody out there listening, if you are able to get to the Twin Cities, please jump on that Instagram and come get these dumplings. And normally that would be like a sexual entendre, but I'm just mm. going to say, <laughs> come get these dumplings. Hey, let's go. So Thanks, one guys. one more time to double yeah. it down. What's the Instagram? Saturday Night Pump Club. And the website? Uh, www.saturdaydumplingclub.com. And uh, you can just look us up at Libations for Everyone. Charles, if they want to get a hold of you specifically and talk about how amazing your voice sounds on this episode. It came from the sea on Instagram. Boom. And I'm either the communist or just communist. I don't know. Figure it out. Find it out. Yep. Come around. Bunch of lefty politics and other bullshit. Uh, we love you. Be kind to everyone, because goddamn it, everyone deserves it. And it's a fucking good world out there. We got sunshine coming. Let's go. We'll see you soon. Cheers.